Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Mayhem. I'm your host, Justin Harvey. You can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75. Joined today by my regular co-host, Byron. Uh, what's your what's your deal? What's your name, dude? At Byron Fever on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat, and find me on Venmo and send me money. Right, and the other guy, know. who's that over there in the Paro Paro Mall shirt? What's up with that? Doesn't, That's a dope shirt. Doesn't matter. Hey, it's it's Casey Case. I'm in your face. It's Gringo Cypress space. Don't you suckers understand? Don't you know that I'm the man? I'm the man. We got somebody <laughs> else here, but he's invisible. Yeah, he's invisible, but I'm rocking his shirt. There it is, the Masaro shirt. Woo! The man himself, Vinny Masaro, is in the house. What's up, Vinny? What's up? What's up? What's up, Mass? Mats and Mayhem, how you guys doing? That's just hard to say, isn't it? <laughs> I'm doing, doing delicious, Vinny. I'm doing delicious. You're doing delicious? That's, <laughs> that's the, I thought you had a girlfriend or a quote-unquote girlfriend, whatever that fucking means, right? Yeah. Oh. I'm going to be going there in like a couple weeks, actually, so I might not be Nobody cares, so nobody cares. Anyways, <laughs> so hey, 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 Byron, did you say you're, from, you're at Bevmo? Beth Venmo. <laughs> Venmo, it's a handy uh, app on your right. phone. And look, since you're over at Venmo, can you pick me up a uh, delirium trimmings and a uh, yeah, Costello? Yeah, exactly. Can you grab me some uh, some Guinness or something at Venmo? That's awesome, dude. I don't yeah, mess around with that, that fancy uh, stuff. That Rowdy Roddy Piper, kick ass and chew bubblegum soda. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Vinny, I got a question. I wanna I wanna lead off with this. You were getting some hype on some other podcast that I listened to. Can I believe today or yesterday or something was National Podcast Day? So gotta put over some podcasters out there. But yeah. I heard you get mentioned on Keeping It 100. I heard you mentioned on Last Real Heels last week. Like you you are podcast famous, my friend. What's I up guess, with you? I guess whatever whatever that means. Yeah, I mean, I don't you know, honestly, cause uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, pull back the curtain and, uh, I actually work during the day and I drive a lot, which, you know, uh, and a lot of times I'm just listening to podcasts. I just, I listen to, a uh, last Real Hills, obviously, uh, you know, Conan, I love Conan. He's, you know, he's the, the reason why, uh, I even got into Lucha Underground cause he, 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 you know, I had a trial with him and, uh, you know, he let me, uh, uh, you know, I showed up one day in Lucha Underground and he basically introduced me to Chris DeJoto, which is, you know, the, the two main reasons why I'm in Lucha Underground. So always got to give Conan props. And, you know, I mean, there's other, there's other podcasts. I, lo I love the, the AIW podcast. There's a, um, uh, W Lucha on uh, Twitter. He has a podcast, you know, the, the, the Lady J has podcasts. I mean, uh, TwitWow podcast and, you know. Just like you guys, I comment on them, and I just, you know, I happen to comment on the on the Keeping It 100 podcast, and they seem to like it. They seem to they think I'm funny, so uh, you know, they, they they mention me, I guess. So that's, I'll take that. I'll take that as a compliment. Dude, I listen to I listen to their show every week too, and it cracks me up, man. The Hoovy segments are awesome, and then when I heard him shouting you out, I was like, "That's the boy, Vinny. That was dope." And they are getting hits, man. They are getting. A ton of hits and Conan is like he hit me on Twitter like yeah keep promo in the show and this that and the other thing I'm like brother you're like the number 27 podcast uh, in all of sports out there like you don't need my help at this point I need your help what's up <laughs> yeah I like I like I love I love Conan's Twitter because it's like it's like half of it is like talking shit in Spanish and the other half is like you know fans going oh Conan I love love you in WCW cool 
you listen to my podcast? Like that's like <laughs> it. That's all. It's, that's basically like all his Twitter says. Which is dope. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah. So, but part of what he was putting over was a drinking game that you yeah. came up with for his show. So oh. I think you need to be the official creator of podcast drinking games for us, Vinny. All right. I, I think, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I can come up with a, a drinking game for you guys. Shoot. Uh, I mean, I mean I'll, I'll have to think about it and, and make, a, make a good one, but off the top of my head, you know, take a shot every time Casey says something stupid. That's oh. a pretty good one right there. Oh, you'll be just as sober as me, everybody. All right. Oh, no way. Oh. All right. There, there, and there you go. There's the first shot right there. So there's, that's the first one right there. Good. Thanks, Casey. Appreciate it. <laughs> no problem, Vinny. Man, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try this out. See how this this game works for me. Oh shit! Is this the, take a shot. Is this our kazoo? <laughs> Justin taking a drink. <laughs> That's strong. There you go. <laughs> Ooh, thanks, Casey. Say smarter stuff, please. That stuff is harsh. Um, so, uh, Vinny, uh, dude, I haven't talked to you in so long. Like, I was gonna have you on right after Connor and Nate. Um, cause you know, we would be going back and forth on that one. And I said that Connor was going to pick up the second one and you were like, no way Nate's going to put the beat down on him. How'd you feel about that fight, man? I mean, it was, uh, I don't know. It was, uh, I mean, you, you can tell that Connor was, uh, definitely started. Uh, you, you can tell from the very first round he was, uh, you know, he was running a, a marathon. He was definitely not doing a sprint. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, he was, he was definitely smarter this, this, this time around. Um, I just, I, you know, I don't know, man. It was, I mean, I had to, I like, like sometimes I have to like go back and, and, and rewatch some of those fights. Cause I'm so, you know, when I watch them, like, you know, the first time or live, I'm yeah. so in the moment where my, my judgments kind of clouded, you know, but right. I don't know. I think I then you know, and then I, then I rewatch it again and I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, but I mean, the first time I saw it, I was like, there's no way he, you know, Connor won three rounds, but. Uh, you know, pe- you know, people. People have said that it was the right decision, but you know, uh, who knows? But uh, yeah. it was bullshit too, Vinny. It was bullshit. Diaz got robbed. Right, take, a, take a shot, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I was agreeing with you. Oh, yeah, you said man. it in a stupid way, though. I'm gonna be like like Urban here in a minute. Jesus Christ! All right, here we go. <laughs> You need to adjust the rules maybe to make it more fair for Casey. Or else everyone's going to be in a hospital. I like these rules so far. Right. I think these rules are working out for me so far. Um, yeah, they, I don't know. That, that, that fight was weird. Like, I had it, I had it scored pretty much how it happened. Um, and I kind of did want Connor to win, but I do like Nate. Don't get me wrong. I do like Nate a lot. Um, but I thought, that the, I thought that the judges got it right. You know, a lot of people were bitching and complaining afterwards. but And I'm happy about that, too, because I want to see them fight again. I can't believe it. There's no title on the line that has no real implication in the sport at all. But yet, for some reason, I like watching these two guys fight. I want to see more of it. Am I crazy? Oh, sure. But, you know, no, I mean, of course, it's, it's, it's a great, you know, we always want, you know, I mean, I, everybody wants to see, you know, Dan Henderson fight Shogun, but it's, at some point, you're gonna have to have you know contenders and fights, or else it doesn't happen. That's why I don't agree with uh, you know with the la- the latest one with Connor fighting Eddie Alvarez because like, once again he's not putting up his belt. You know what I mean? It's like 
Um, I don't know, man. It's just because I mean, if if Eddie beats if Eddie beats him, is he gonna win the is he gonna win the belt? No. No, I mean he can't. He can't win the one forty five belt. So Eddie has nothing to gain. So when was the last time the one forty five belt was actually defended? I mean, uh, was when he knocked out Jose. Exactly. He's never defended. Exactly. He won it. But he's never defended it. Exactly. Like if you were in the one forty five, wouldn't you be just superbly just pissed right now? Jose Aldo has said he quits. But yeah, I mean, no, Jose is. Jose Bellator, also seems so. like he's ducking. Uh, Jose seems like he's ducking Max Holloway a little bit too. He basically was like, "I want Connor or I want Anthony Pettis." Said nothing about Max Holloway, who's on like a, he hasn't lost since Connor beat him like 13 fights ago for him. He's beaten everybody else, and it seems like nobody wants to fight Max Holloway. And now even Frankie Edgar's fighting uh, Little Heaven Stevens, and like. I mean, that whole division is is upside down and weird right now because of what Connor's doing. It's kind of yeah. Uh, I I think Jose is going to go to Bellator and fight Pitbull, so uh, you know that's going to happen. Well, he's got a whole lot of paperwork to get out of before that happens, and I I, I feel like Dana's going to hold him hostage. I don't think that Dana's going to let him go, um, because I think Dana still does want that fight. I don't think Dana is in disagreement. I think that he just can't control Connor and where the money's coming from. I mean, if the money's there, I feel like Dana's just like, well, shit, I tried to hold out. I tried to make this thing happen. I made these promises to Frankie and Jose that Connor would come back down and defend his belt. But now, fuck, if Eddie Alvarez wants to fight him and Connor wants to fight Eddie and everybody wants to see it and is going to pay me $10 million to do it at MSG, then I guess that's what we're doing. You know, I feel like Dana's hands yeah, getting forced. Well, that's ridiculous because what happens is like let's say they fight right and then it's like a five round fight and uh split decision eddie alvarez wins what's the next fight for connor uh rematch so there's another year year and a half of no belt <laughs> and then what happens you know what i mean it's like you know and, and then I'll, then who knows out of that what ha what happens if connor just knocks knocks out eddie like in one fucking shot uh who, maybe 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 connor's like you know shit that extra 10 pounds is uh you know, it's nice to not have to uh, uh, make weight. Maybe he just drops it, and then, right. then there, and then there's no. You know, it's like it's that's why it's. You know, that's why I just don't. You know, I mean, I like. Obviously, I'm a fan, and I love like. Fights, especially you know, especially attrition fights. Right. But not with like not with the champ, not with the champion. That's that's all I want to say. You know what I mean? Well, like, and, and champion, that, I, I guess that I, is part of the problem too. And and but the other part of the problem is that the casual fans out there who are not, you know, the real MMA fans like we are necessarily. They just want to see Conor fight the next biggest name out there. They want to see him fight the Cowboy Cerrone's of the world. They want to see him fight GSP or whoever, whatever big name is out there. They don't seem to care about, you know, Jose Aldo or even Frankie at this point. They don't care about that division. So it's it makes it tough from a business standpoint, I think, for those guys. I think that anybody who's a real – fan of the sport itself and what the sport should mean and what the quality of matches and, and belts should be. Um, we'll see. I'll be interested, though. I'll be happy if he does win to see him hold two belts just because no one's done it before, regardless of if it's him or anyone else. No one's done it simultaneously. BJ did it in different weight classes, and other guys have gone up and down different weight classes, but not at the same time. Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, but you're, yeah, no, Dan Henderson did it in Pride, remember? 
But in pride, but in pride, I'm just saying in UFC, no one's been able to do it because of the fact that they normally strip a guy, you know, and, and Jose even got told that when he was champ, that if he was going to jump around weight classes, he had to give up the belt to do it because he talked about going up to lightweight uh, a couple of times and fighting those guys to try to have two belts. And they told him no. So you know he's pissed now. He's like, wait, well, you told me no five years ago, and now Connor can just hold his belt for three fights without having to defend it at a different weight class? What the fuck? So I and I get that frustration, but then you got guys like Max Holloway who's like, I can't even get a crack at the interim champ who's Jose because now he's cry- crying and saying he's retired, and so the whole division is like, fuck, man, I can't do anything. Right. Anyway, I just thought yeah, I think the whole uh, crazy. We'll see. No, I mean, I mean, I I agree. Hey, how, by the way, how how many are you taking two shots already? Yeah, I'm at two. Casey, well, we've kept Casey right. quiet. We got to get Casey hey, talking. Hey, 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 Casey, Casey, what do you think about Sexy Star? Okay, that's She's gonna have real fun in the boxing world. That's what I think. Wait, All say right, that again. Okay, so I think there definitely needs to be a rule that anytime. Casey says anything negative about Sexy Star, you have to drink for sure. There you go. Take it. All right. There you go. Take a shot. Do you guys want manslaughter charges from alcohol poisoning of our listeners? That's not. That's not good, man. All right. Well, let's count. There's one more. Take a shot. Justin has a family. Have some pity on him. Don't make him drink this much before noon. Okay. So here's here's my question for you, Vinny. Let's counter <laughs> let's counterbalance this a little bit. You being a, a, right. a worker who has worked in the temple. What are your thoughts on Sexy Star as a performer so we can counterbalance some of Casey's attitude? And I want to hear your, your opinion on how much of a shot she has getting into boxing from what you've seen. Getting into, I mean, getting into boxing? I, you know, I've never really even watched their uh, box. Uh, you know, I mean, I, what, uh, I, you know, honestly, I, I don't really, I haven't really watched uh, female boxing, you know, so I don't even know. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it's mostly points. So sure. She has a shot. Why not? You know what I mean? She's, you know, she's fast and she's, you know, she's fit. So why, why wouldn't she have a shot in boxing? It's not like she's going to, you know, get knocked out. You know, she's not, you know, in a heavyweight of female. So I mean, I'm sure it's all point system. So I, mean, I don't see why not, uh, with, with her, you know, with her in wrestling, um, you know, I'm, I haven't gotten a chance to wrestle her, but from what I noticed, you know, she, you know, she just she she's a she's a perfect example of somebody that has to do enough. You know what I mean? Like she, you know, that's what she, you know, she, she just does enough out there. I mean, I I right. personally think it's a, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, she's not gonna she's not gonna go out there and be, you know, Toyota from All Japan Women, and, and you know, and 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 just do it like crazy ass shit. But she doesn't have to. You know what I mean? It's like she doesn't. You know, she. Yeah. She doesn't have to go out there and, you know, do that because, you know, she has a great gimmick and, you know, you know, she's got a, a following already. So she doesn't have to go out there and go on, you know, do, you know, whatever power bombs and Canadian destroyers. You know what I mean? It's well, like- I, ag- I agree. I mean, look, over is over. We were talking about Chavo the other day and it's like Chavo was always one of the most brilliant guys in the cruiserweight division back in WCW and, and WWE in those days because, he never overworked himself like some of those other guys do. Some of those guys were doing spots that they didn't need to do. And Chavo would still tell the same great story and get himself over 
without, you know, doing the plancha that would hurt himself or doing, you know, jumping over the top rope. He would wait for the other five guys to jump out, and then he would come out the outside yeah. and bust a heel spot or some kind, you know. And right. It's like, you know, I mean, I, I mean, um, I mean, I know what you guys are trying to say because I know Casey just, you know, do, doesn't like her, and that's fine. I mean, trust me, there's, uh, you know, I would rather have, uh, you know, I, I know, I mean, not rather. I mean, I, I know there's like a, a Fabi Apache. I think she's fucking like amazing uh, wrestler. Like, I would love to see her at the temple, but you know, sexy star. But at the same time, I don't think Fabi would be. I don't think she would translate well with the American crowd. I don't think that would, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, I, don't the, think the she would, I don't think she would get over the same right. way that she does right, in Mexico, exactly. for sure. Right, exactly. So it's kind of like this. It's like, uh, you know, I think Sexy Star is a perfect combination of a luchador uh, and uh, an American female wrestler. Where It's like, if you, if, there, if there's like uh, a Mexican, uh, you know, you know, if there's like a, uh, someone, you know, uh, you know, just someone that's watching TV and watches Lucha Underground because they like the Mexican wrestling, they watch Sexy Star, they'll appreciate it. If there's an American that just wants to watch wrestling, they watch Sexy Star, they'll appreciate her. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, the way I describe it like this, when you go, you know, like, I love Japanese wrestling, but I love Japanese wrestling because I've watched it all my life. I love watching Shibata work. He's a great, he's fucking awesome. I love the way he's just, he, you know, it's like a shoot with him. Other guys that, you know, there's guys that, like, you know, watch WWE, and I show them, hey, man, watch this matches from Shibata. They're like, dude, it's fucking terrible. I, why is he headbutting the guy hard? Why is he kicking? This is stupid. These guys wearing black. I'm like, okay. That, that guy will not like Shibata because he's, he's, you know, he's got that WWE training. You know what I mean? He's watched WWE all his right. life. So like he's programmed, he's programmed right. for that product, and that's one yeah. of the biggest problems in wrestling. Is so many people are programmed to the the primary bigger products, and, and believe me, I know AAA fans that are the same way too, where they're like so programmed from being little kids to the AAA booking and style that they watch other stuff and they they're flabbergasted. They don't even get it. Right, and that's why, and you know, and the same thing is, you know, the lucha, you know, the lucha underground fan is not a triple A fan. It's not, you know, some of them are, but most of them are not. They're the wrestling fans. That's why Blue Demon never caught on. You know, in Mexico, he's a gig gigantic star. When we when we do shows here in the Bay Area, you know, and we do it like in, uh, you know, in the heavily Mexican populated, you know, areas, Blue Demon sells out. We'll we we'll put Blue Demon against who doesn't matter. And he will we'll draw like fifteen hundred people, but you know, with the Amer but if we do that, like in you know San Francisco, with the, where it's mostly Americans, nobody will go because nobody, nobody, you know, because you don't, people don't get him. Right. That's that's why Blue Demon never really caught on and looked on the ground because he's that kind of he's that old school style. But guys like Phoenix. Yeah, and, and it's funny because when I first turned on Lucha Underground, that was exactly what I expected to see. It was like, oh yeah, of course Blue Demon is here. That's that makes perfect sense to me. Like that was exactly what I expected to see when I turned on Lucha Underground, and it was there. And it didn't it didn't really catch on that first season. That was one of the angles that a lot of people still say like, eh, it wasn't all that to me. Right. You know. And and, and, and yeah, and, and the reason is because Blue Demon, he's like you know he's like an old school luchador. He doesn't you know what I mean? Like he's like. You know, he's going to wrestle that kind of style. You know, like uh, Tejano and all those guys and, you know, that are, that are from AAA that have come here that have success because they're not wrestling that AAA style. They're wrestling like the hybrid kind of like PWG, you know, Lucha, you know, WCW Cruiserweight, like half Lucha, half American. 
you know, right. You know, and sec- I think Sexy Star is that perfect combination of like Lucha Libre AAA and American style of wrestling. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, is she is she like a world beater? I mean, is she gonna fucking, you know, is she like the best, you know, uh, female wrestler? No, I mean, you know, I you know, I think, you know, like girls, there's you know, there's there's two types of female wrestlers. There's like you know, the ones that are all about you know wrestling. It's like you know, like uh, Sarah Stock and um, you know uh, Nicole Savoy. Uh, you know, there's girls like then there's other girls who are like, okay, I'm gonna wrestle, but I'm also, I'm I'm mainly gonna play to the crowd and play the gimmick, which is like you know, I mean, uh, you know, like half of the girls in WWE are like that. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, for sure, for and, sure. I, and I think and I, and, I, and I think Sexy Star is a good you know is a good place. I know, like you know, I think a lot of guys like you know, Casey. I think Casey does this a lot is that he looks at every single wrestler by themselves and looks at it and goes, okay, you are not the, the number one 100% greatest wrestler, so I don't think you belong to Lucha on the ground. To me, it's not as, I don't think that. To me, I look at it as, you know, it's like uh, we all need different parts, you know what I mean? We, we all can't be Pentagon. We all can't go out there and be badasses and light things on fire and break arms. As much as we all want to, we can't. We, you know, we need... You know, in the Sopranos, you need Tony Soprano, and you need the guy that gets beat up by Soprano. Well, guess what? You know, it's you gotta have some. So I think Sexy Star is that perfect fit for that sh- for Lucha on the ground show. So, you know, that's that's my personal opinion on it. Okay, Vinny, question for you then: Who, who, in your opinion, is the best? Like, like it could be gimmick, it could be work, but best female wrestler all time. Time. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, probably uh, Toyota. Yeah. See, with mine, it's Bull Nakano because I think she does both really well. Like, like Dump Matsumoto is probably my my favorite gimmick wise, and they kind of have the same gimmick, you know. But like, Bull brought the work too. So she's my vote right there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, there, it, I mean, it's just you know, right now it's because Toyota is actually wrestling in 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 uh, the UK, so. Yeah, you know, I've been watching. I've been watching some of her stuff, but honestly, there's like Sarah Stock is really good. Uh, yeah. There's this, there's, there's this girl, a uh, female that uh, not a lot of people know about, but her name is Lady Victoria. Uh, I got oh, the rest yeah, of her. Uh, that used to manage Mexico's Most Wanted and shit. Yeah, well, no, no, no. She used to. Well, she actually managed me and Hoobie, but that's that's a different story. But she's uh, yeah. she used to she used to wrestle down in Mexico. She's a uh, she's a badass. She she literally will just wrestle like. Uh, the dude and just be like 100%. So, I, you know, I, I think she's a very, like, you know, she's one of the up there. Uh, Sarah Del Rey, a person that I, I, I help train. Uh, I think she's really good. Um, you know, and, you know, I, I, there's, there's a lot of good, you know, there's, I think, uh, uh, Becky Lynch is pretty, is really good. Bailey's really good. Um, but, you know, be, you know, there's, besides that, a lot, you know, Japanese women, you know, of course, you know, there's basically like half the roster in stardom is really pretty yeah. good. Yeah. So, that's that's uh, the truth. And, and if you're not watching stardom every now and then, you got to tune in because every time I do, I'm just like, damn, they're going hard. Yeah. If you haven't, because that, that fucking elbow drop she has is great. Great. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's great. Take a shot there, uh, Justin. <laughs> God, dang um, it! I was hoping you wouldn't notice that one. 
Well, Vinny, I wanted to ask you uh, when you're bringing up, uh, when you're talking about the value that Sexy Star brings, it's more than just uh, the quote unquote uh, work rate. Um, what do you think about um, like on the indie and the PWG style of the, you know, getting, getting your shit in and trying to hit all your moves and, and all of that. And then, and then a little bit of talk after um, this Miz promo a few weeks ago about the value of having a safe work rate and going out there and putting on the show and not getting hurt all the time. Um, what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, is, is there a luxury with someone like Miz to be able to choose to work that style over someone else who's trying to get noticed? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, like, uh, it's tough to say cause I, you know, at some point, yeah, I mean, you, you got, you're getting noticed, but at, you know, at what cost, you know, you know, uh, Osprey got noticed, you know, and he got to go to new Japan, he's getting bookings, but now he's got to take you know months off because, He's getting injured. You know what I mean? You you can get noticed, and you don't. You know what I mean? It's like yes, you can do those crazy spots, but you don't. Have, you don't have to just go a hundred miles per hour every single time. And um, and honestly, it's for me. It's I'm, I'm a little bit more old school, um, and I I don't really like that whole just you know just just do moves for the sake of doing moves. I actually like doing you know having a storyline in the match. And and the bigger picture too is is there's a storyline for the show, you know. If the if the first match goes out there and they're doing every single you know big spot, then what what are you gonna do for the main event? You know, I I look at every match and I look at every show like a movie. You know what I mean? It's you know you don't you know if you if you if you watch a movie and you know you you know you you start you see a title screen all of a sudden you see the world blow up and just you know like explosions and you know backflips and you know the matrix all kinds of shit you know what i mean like in the first five minutes that's great but but the, the ending better be better right yeah i mean where do you where do you go from there if you start too big and right you know and i mean and and and, 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 and in the same token it's like if if you're not invested in that character and at the end you know if and the end of the movie like the character finally you know you know, you know, whatever kills the bad guy, but you you don't care because you don't know the story behind it. You don't know how that, what that, 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 you know, what the villain did to that, you know, to the character, then you're not going to care about it. So it's like, you can have all the great, you know, you can have this gigantic, you know, and we all, we've all seen it. I mean, you know, you, you, there's plenty of movies out there that spent, you know, a hundred million dollars, but the story was shit and nobody really cares. You know, it's the same thing. You know, it's, uh, you know, everyone's talking about Suicide Squad. It's like, yeah, everybody, you know, like Suicide Squad was, you know, dirt terrible, you know, but they spent a lot of money on, on, uh, on special effects. Well, guess what? That, that's, that's, that's a spotty, that's a spotty match. That's just a match right there where it's like, yeah, dude, it looked cool as hell. Uh, I'm sure it's going to get a lot of views and, you know, but the, when people ask about the story, it's going to go, oh, it was, I, I didn't get it. It was lame, lame movie. So it's like, you know, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a movie that makes a lot of money, that you know gets a lot of uh, you know positive reviews and positive you know acclaims? And, and, uh, and it all depends, you know, what you, what kind of wrestler you want to be. Do you want to be that guy that like that? Hey, man, look at me. I'm I have thirty thousand followers and my YouTube channel got a million views. Or do you want to be that guy that has like people and uh, you know other guys saying, hey, man, that guy can work. That you know, child. You know, to me, it's like. 
Yeah, nobody really knows my, you know, my shit on Lucha Underground because nobody's really, you know, I haven't really been on that much. But I know that when I talk to Chavo or and you know and Vampiro, the agents in the back, they're, 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 they trust me. They, they tell me I'm a good worker. To me, I, you know, I think that's a that's a bigger compliment than getting oh oh being a star doesn't have a blue check on my on his Twitter. I'll back you up on that one too, because wrestlers love to bury each other, especially in private, but even in <laughs> private conversations, anytime I've ever mentioned your name, I, I have never heard anyone say anything other than, Oh, that dude's great. I love that guy. He's a good worker. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> all I've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, well, I mean, would I love to have a fucking best selling t-shirt on, on pro wrestling tees? I'm sure, you know, one of these days, I'm sure I will. Uh, you know, I only have like what 1,500 followers, and that's fine with me. But I, you know, I'll take pride. You know, going to bed at night. You know, and the wrestlers that I look up, the wrestlers that, you know, I think are great wrestlers, come up to me and tell me, "Hey, man, you're a really good worker. I can't wait to wrestle with you. I can't wait to get you know get in the ring with you." To me, I I I really had that. You know. Hey, check out my YouTube channel. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Bullshit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, hey, let me ask you this. What do you, you got anything coming up? You got any shows you want to plug or your friend shows or what's going on out there in the world? I know you hit all the Cali indies all the time. So what's haps? What's the haps? Uh, let's see. I think the next one I got local here is uh, October 14th, APW. Um, uh, all pro wrestling. We got a uh, like Matt Hardy is going to be on it. MVP is going to be on it. All kinds of people on it. And then, then the the next day, there's a a pro wrestling revolution uh, show that I, I'm going to be uh, uh, driving the panda because the panda doesn't have a license. So I'm going to have to uh, be, be the thank handler. God for that, dude. Because pandas should not be fucking driving, man. It's like pandas and driving yeah, he, don't mix. Yeah, he I feel like that's racist. Yeah, it just because he's Asian, Justin. Jesus Christ. Well, wait, now who said anything right, about take, that, man? Rachel Tension is bad enough in this country. <laughs> take a shot. Take a oh, shot, Justin. No. Justin's dying. You're an idiot. <laughs> well, quit being an idiot, idiot. <laughs> mm. I'm doing it on purpose now. <laughs> no, you're not. Bullshit. You've been doing it on purpose for your whole, your whole life then, you dummy. <laughs> I, want to, I want to make his lips turn blue like uh, Sandman that one time. What? I right, take a shot. It's a Fonzie story. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta ask Bill Alfonso that one. You guys are fucking killing me, man. Urban, Urban, <laughs> if you're watching this, this is for He's, you, buddy. I don't know. Right. Right. Back. Well, Great. But uh, uh, th uh, the next day, uh, the 15th, uh, Pro Wrestling Revolution has a show with, uh, uh, you know, like I said, I gotta drive the panda. But there's gonna be other guys. There's gonna be a, a crazy match. Uh, it's uh, Ray Oris. He's gonna go against yeah. Taurus. Against Taurus, which is gonna oh, be like insane. That's awesome, dude. Oh. That that's gonna be a good match. Is this uh is this gonna be available on DVD or iPay-per-view or anything, Vinny? I think I think it's gonna be on the Fight app, but I'll have to make sure. Uh, but I mean, I'll uh, I'm sure I'll be uh, I'll be taking some videos and posting it on online, but uh. I might even uh, do I might even do some uh, uh, periscoping, but uh, and besides you know besides that I think I don't know I think there's a uh, I, I actually have a, a October a little bit free uh, just because it's Halloween and uh, you know Halloween's a big uh, big deal over at uh, at House Masaro so we uh, 
uh, we're going to be doing that. But uh, And then, you know, Lucha Underground every Wednesday, please uh, watch. And, uh, you know, uh, I always, uh, if you guys are, are ever watching the Eat the West Coast, uh, make sure, uh, uh, you know, uh, retweet my stuff or just uh, favorite it. But, uh, or just say, hey, you're an idiot. I appreciate it. You know, anything. <laughs> even, just, Vinny just will definitely interact with you. You know, you guys got to exactly. check Vinny on, on Twitter, at Snoring Elbow. Um, I get back and forth with him, too, especially when I'm watching on the West Coast. Like, me and him will be blowing everybody's feeds up with, with tweets. What'd you think of uh, What'd you think of this week's episode, Vinny? Hold on. Let me, uh, let me, uh, yeah, that's, that's, my, uh, that's my phone. Uh, this week's episode? Uh, well, uh, let's see. Um, I knew, I knew uh, Cortez uh, was going to get, was going to get, uh, messed up. Uh, as soon as as soon as I saw him give, give, give as soon as I saw him giving the the hug the uh, uh, the hug the you know the the Fredo. Yeah, that uh, was a very very Italian like kiss of death, Michael Corleone yeah, was, feeling there, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I knew it was you, Fredo. That's what he, basically what he did. But uh, I mean, uh, uh, Rey Mysterio. I think I, I would, it, I'm kind of excited to see Rey Mysterio, Chavo Guerrero. Um, and, uh, you know, people ask me like all the time, like what's going on? Who's the smoking man? Who's this? I'm like, I, I have no idea. Uh, you know, you, you guys have been to the, the live tapes. I mean, that doesn't mean the light. I mean, you actually, you, we can talk about it right now that, that live taping, that all it's officially, we know nothing. Cause like you see the last nothing four episodes, you see you, well, those last four episodes. I'm like, wait a minute. That was like, that match was like the first weekend. And that match was like the the the, the third month. Yeah, so it was, yeah, I was actually in the audience for one of those matches, but I was not at the first weekend of taping. So, like, in the right. middle of the yeah. show, I just showed up, and Casey and Byron were sitting in a different place. And it was like... I think it's like, like six different tapings for four episodes. We moved, we moved from by the office to over by Vic. Yeah. Like... Uh, a couple different times, I think. It's because uh, they had to shoot Tyus stuff later. Yeah. Oh, is that? Yeah, I don't even. I don't even. I just. I think they're. Doing, I think that's just DJ doing it on purpose, so nobody. Uh, so everyone knows doesn't know what the hell's going on. Well, that was happening too, but they were definitely um, taking scheduling a lot more into account with their bookings. Um, so I, you know, I think they would probably shoot someone out in as few dates as possible, as well as trying to confuse oh, really? everyone. Um, and I know a lot of the workers don't know necessarily storylines. If they're not involved in them, there's a lot no, of workers that have no clue have, because those vignettes get shot on weekdays and nobody no, knows. I, no, I have, I have zero idea. I have, like, I have no clue what a, like, everyone asks me what's going on. I go, I have no clue. One, because I'm not, because I'm not there. And the second one is because I don't want to know. You know, I don't want to like slip up, or I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say anything like by by accident. And then, and then honestly, the, the but you know, the real main reason is because I I'm a fan just like you guys. I want to watch it uh, on Wednesdays, and you know, like I'm shocked. Like I didn't know, like I didn't know, you know, uh, uh, you know, Cisco died at the end. Like everyone's like, what the like, oh, you, you didn't know that? I'm like, I don't know shit. Like I I don't know. Anything, and because I, I want to, because it's a, it's a, you know, for me, I love watching it. It's like the, you know, it's Wednesday night. I love watching it, and uh, that's, you know, it's, you know, it's a, everyone it does says make it's a, it fun. 
And honestly, yeah, with as sure. many times as we've been to the temple, that stuff gets so jumbled in my mind. I may have seen a match, loved it, and it was the best thing that ever happened when I was there. But by the time it gets on TV, I don't even remember it half the time anyway. Like, I don't remember who went over, and I'm, like, surprised all over again. Like, oh, shit, that's what happened? I, I didn't even remember that. But that's how good it is, right. too. You get reinvested in it all over again. Right. And plus, and plus too, you know, like, if I'm, if I'm there and I have a match, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of preparation to go, you know, there's a lot of, you know, things to do. And so I'm not like sitting, you know, I'm not watching the show. So like I, I'll watch maybe like one, two matches and then I got to go and do, you know, you know, get dressed and get warm up and stretch and all that stuff. So it's, you know, I don't watch like a lot of the matches. Like I haven't seen a lot of them. Even the ones that, like I said, even the ones that I'm there, I, I haven't seen them. So I'm, I'm, you know, like I enjoy it on Wednesday and that, and that's, and you know, I'm uh it's my, uh, you know, it's my honest opinion when I give those opinions out on Wednesdays. Uh, you know, just just like how Casey dislikes sexy stars so much because he, he wants her to because he wants her to be Bull Meccano. Uh, now now I know the re- now I know the reason. I'm getting ready, Case. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what, Bull Meccano's right, not Bull Meccano anymore. She's like a golfer now. She's in like the Japanese LPGA and shit. It's crazy. Good. Look, Casey had Go a ahead, chance Justin. to bury Sexy Star right there and did not take it. I appreciate it. Hey, oh, Vinny. Um, episode recap coming up. Oh, great. Thanks. Um, so, Vinny. Oh, my goodness. You were our very first guest ever on this show. Um, and you had recommended to us at one point that we should get Evie Dub on. I never really thought it would happen, even though we talked to him a bunch when we are at the shows and whatnot. I was like, oh, Evie Dub will never come on our show. He came on our show last week. Um, I don't know if That's you had anything to do with it. it or not, but that was, uh, you know, thank you for even recommending him. And you were yeah. right. He did. He knows a lot about MMA and boxing, too. Um, oh, yeah. So we even talked boxing and stuff with him. So thank you for that. And thank you for always being an awesome guest on our show. What did you think of the EB-Dub interview? Did you listen to it? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I loved it. It was uh, it was great. I knew I knew he would be a great guest on your show because, uh, like, the very, like, the first taping I was at the Temple – uh, when we were all working out, I was wearing my, uh, like my OG Anderson Silva sinister, you know, Bumblebee shirt. And he was like, Oh, I have nice. that shirt too. I was like, Oh dude, he, then you know, you're MMA. If you, if you got that, if you got that shirt, not like the new one, like the original one, then yeah, you know, your shit. And, uh, and plus I started talking to him and you know, how he worked on bully beat down. And I, you know, and I was talking to him about, you know, uh, I watch you know, I watch mayhem, all the yeah. kinds of shit, and plus, you know, because uh, I listen to uh, Jason Ellis on uh, on Sirius, so I, I know about Mayhem, and just, you know, and then the, the Contender, and, you know, we're talking about Sergio Mora, and then, and plus, too, he's a big fan of Howard Stern, so you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, and if you don't like Howard Stern, you probably hate this show because you see the kind of weird midgets and freaks that I bring in with Byron and, and Casey. Any Casey. Casey. I'm the farthest thing from a midget you will ever see in your life, Justin. <laughs> no, you're the opposite. You're like 6'4", and you weigh like 142 pounds. I don't even understand it. Yeah, he's more like the elephant boy. Yeah. I'm, actually, uh, I'm actually cutting weight so I can fight Connor. So, there we go. Oh, are you trying to line up a fight against CM Punk for a payday? Oh, shit. Oh. He'd probably win. Yeah, typical. Um, anything else you guys got for Vinny before we uh, get into the rest of our shit today? Uh, Vinny, uh, there was uh, a podcast that Jack Evans was on. I don't know if you want to comment on this, but he said a quote, something about how he was just talking 
uh, with as little offense to AAA as possible, but just talk about how much he enjoyed or how much he thought it was better with uh, Conan there. Have you – did you hear that, or what do you think about that? Do you have any personal experience working aside from Lucha Underground under Conan's booking? Um, no, I, you know, cause it's not, it's, it doesn't work like that over at, uh, Lucha Underground. Obviously you guys, I'm sure you guys know there's, you know, they have more than just, it's not like a wrestling show where they have one booker, but yeah. you know, from what I've read, I mean, I'm like you guys, from what I've read pretty yeah. much what is, you know, Conan, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, it's, you know, you guys can figure it out. I mean, Conan goes to PWG shows. He likes those guys. He knows all of it. So I'm sure, you know, when Conan was in charge, you saw, you know, Phoenix and Pentagon on top, you know what I mean? And then Conan Lee, Conan leaves. And then, you know, I'm not, I'm not even too sure who's even there, but I mean, you can see who's, who's on top now. It's like, you know, the older, the older luchadors, like Dr. Wagner, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, those, you know, those, you know, those kind of, uh, you know, they brought, you know, uh, uh, you know, LA, you know, LA park and La Parca, like those kind of, you know, wrestlers, I'm sure get more, uh, you know, get more, you know, praise over there because i mean i'm sure i don't know who's booking over there but i think conan was going more towards the the wcw cruiserweight you know like Rey mysterio Hoovy, psychosis the younger so they were yeah. using you know so he had a lot of phoenix pentagon aerostar drago guys jack evans angelico but now i guess it's you know it's not it's somebody else and i think this new person whoever it is i'm not like i've heard like five different people the new person probably you know, he's doing more like old school, more like how CMLL books it, just more um, multi-man tag matches, more, uh, you know, a lot of the older, you know, uh, you know, the older people. But I, you know, honestly, that's, I've, ne I've never, I've never uh, been in the back of, of a triple, of a triple A uh, locker room. So I have no comment, but I know Conan and Conan, you know, Conan will sit there and he'll tell me you know, to do a certain move that he, cause he knows the certain move at the same time, he'll know, Hey, you know, this doesn't make sense. I'm a storyline. Use this. So he's not, you know, Conan's not a hundred percent like spot fest, you know, young guys. And he's not a hundred percent old school either. So he's, he's like, I think he's like a, a really good medium in the middle, but you know, which is I, good. I, I mean, I, I think the sport. I think the sport needs that because I, I do see it in the AAA product, and like you, I don't necessarily know what's going on there, but you can feel it, and you can see that like they're going to a different kind of old school AAA feel right now. But my my issue with it is not that I love those workers, and like Wagner's work recently has been amazing, but at the same time, I want to see. Not only I want to see the backstage storyline carry over into the ring and matches that make sense. And for me right now, what I feel like I'm not seeing in AAA is just that. And I and I agree with you from the stuff like I don't know Conan, but from the stuff I've seen him do and the stuff I know he's been involved in, that psychology from the backstage segment that the writer wrote through the match in the ring to the other side of the next segment and the and the blow off or whatever always makes sense, you know. Yeah. And, I, and I appreciate I mean, everybody who's putting that kind of stuff into the business, you know, and, and it's hard to do. It's hard to do. I think I will say just like ahead, one, man. you know, I'm sorry. I, just, I will say one thing that I don't like that AAA does is, uh, you know, they over, you know, I mean, any, anybody, I don't care about any show. I just don't, I don't like when, you know, they overbook stuff. They have, you know, like five run-ins. Uh, they have, 
you know, the worst thing ever, I hate AAA. I just, I, it makes me cringe every time I see it is when the referee cheats for the guy. It, it, it loses, like, it loses the whole entire match for me. I'm like, I, I can't stand it. But, and, uh, you know, and the other thing I don't like right now that, you know, is the multi man. You know, they do, you know, I would rather see, like, they had Daga versus Phoenix a, like a month, few months ago, and it was amazing. But then, you know, but then the pay per view is like, you know, you know, Daga versus Phoenix versus Daga versus Rare Star, you know, like 19, you know, just like, you know, tag matches versus, you know, some, you know, three-way tag matches and four-way tag matches with ladders. I'm just like, just have a tag match. I feel like, <laughs> honestly, I feel like they make the poster first. They come up with the most badass poster that they can and put people's names where they look good in writing. And then they book it after that based on how the yeah. poster looks for the event sometimes. Posters look awesome. You're like, oh, those posters oh, look great. Down. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank All you right, for uh, having oh. me on the, on the show. And uh, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk. Uh, shoot, we'll talk again sometime. And then, uh, uh, hey, Casey. Yes. Hey, uh, so uh, one last thing. Uh, what do you think about a sexy star going into kickboxing? I think that, uh, let's see, her punches, I've seen her work out and do some punches in a publicity video. I think she needs to concentrate on one thing at a time, uh, or it's just just going to be problems. I saw her break a wall with a punch, Casey. What are you talking about? Yeah, like what, like, what, like, you, like, concentrate like one, just, just the left, like, just the left hand jab, just concentrate on that. Yeah, hey, you said it's all about points, right? Stick and move. So oh my God! Take a shot. Take a shot, Justin. There you go. Stick a move. Thank you. I knew you. I knew you were gonna fuck up somehow. Thank you. Stick <laughs> and move. Justin doesn't look so good right now. I'm fine. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you, Vinny. All right, brother Vinny. So, um, let's get into before I can't see straight anymore um let's get into this week's episode of lucha underground season three episode four brothers in broken arms yeah <laughs> uh, why are you laughing what's so funny about that man that shit ain't funny people got arms broken man what if they don't have health pun. insurance yeah, it's like sort of like a pun but like more literal all right well we're going to get back into Sexy Star because here we go. Right off the bat, she's sitting in the locker room. She's polishing up the gift of the God's belt. Dario comes in. Um, he taunts her a little bit about Mac losing to Matanza, I think, and says, are you afraid for your – no, he says, are you afraid? Afraid. I can't even say it how, how he says it. It's hilarious. His accent um, was a little like like his mouth was numb to this week. Maybe. He was a little locked up. Are you afraid for your friend? You know. Um uh, but she said, she said in uh, perfectly clear English, I will never be afraid again. She sounded like she was uh, like, I don't know, from Zaire or something. It was strange. Like the exact opposite of perfectly clear is what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was like over enunciated. No, it really was perfectly clear, but it was yeah. like so over enunciated. It sounded like she had practiced it for, I don't know, days to say that one line. It was pretty awesome. Is she not, does she not speak any English? I don't, Casey. She said "fuck you" once. That's true. I mean, yeah. she's probably the in the group of luchadors that primarily worked in Mexico, spoke Spanish their whole careers, and so they they only needed 
enough English to be able to to work outside the states when they were I working. I think the person who's been working on their English the most out of that group is Phoenix. Uh, yeah. Especially since he moved to San Diego. Yeah, that's another thing to talk about. But well, I think I yeah, think and, and I, let me throw this in before I forget that um, if you want to hear Phoenix speak some English, go on to Hulu to Paley Center. Just search Paley Center, and you can watch the Lucha Underground uh, panel that we were at at the Paley Center. It's now up on Hulu, and Phoenix yeah. talks for a while on there. And his English is actually it was actually pretty good that night. Did they yeah, include the part where? He addressed Dario telling you to tighten your assholes. No, it starts right off with, with uh, Melissa introducing the panel, the whole before the show thing. You have to go to uh, Mil Machete's page or, or Byron's page. And yeah, see. I have that on mine somewhere. Um, but I think, I think uh, you know, props to Sexy Star for, um, for really committing to the use of the English language on this show because – she has she has spoken in Spanish when they were doing the Vampiro interviews, and there are some wrestlers who will speak Spanish, but um, it's stuff like this, like this promo with Johnny Mundo, who also is trying to learn Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really it really gets her over more, I think, with the casual El Rey Network audience if she can speak in English. Um, that being said, it's mm-hmm. a work you in know- progress. Casey. What were we going to say, Case? Did we lose uh, Casey? Oh, we uh, lost oh, We lost Casey. Yeah, that's why uh, you pay your internet bills on time, fool. <laughs> I'm going to move on anyway because we're talking about Sexy Star anyway, so it's fine if Casey's not here. Um, so, but Dario makes some interesting points here of um, you can keep defending your Gift of the Gods title and eventually lose it yeah. or prove you're not a Fred. A Fred. <laughs> all right. I'm afraid I have to go. I'm afraid. <laughs> all right, guys, I, I got lost for a second there. Um, I just wanted to point out that um, Pentagon's the most over with the Lucha Underground audience, and he doesn't speak English. No, we'll get to that too because he's got a promo that was not in English that I loved today. Um, yeah. So, but but Dario had some interesting points here of telling Sexy Star like, look. You can keep defending your gift of the God's belt and eventually you're going to lose it. Or you can foolishly try to take on Matanza um, and, and, you know, prove that you're not a fret. And <laughs> well, but then he says, but tonight you're going to be along, alongside Fenix, whatever a Fenix is, and Erosar. What's an Erosar? <laughs> and, and Trago. I don't know who these wrestlers are, but but apparently Dario's booking her with Phoenix, Trago, and Aho a- a- Star. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, I feel like Justin's about to get a nice hug from Hefe at the next tapings. <laughs> I know, no, it was it's so entertaining and whatever. He is so doing that on purpose. I love it, and he's so oh, consistent yeah. with it. It was genius, and um, but yeah, so she's booked in an Atomicos match, and then he's afraid he has to go, um, <laughs> which was awesome. But Casey, tell what's what's the deal with an Atomicos match? Are there different rules for Atomicos? What is an Atomicos match? It's a four-on-four match. I mean, there's different rules in Mexico that you will never see in Lucha Underground, probably because they're complicated as fuck. Because like like Lucha rules, when you're doing a multi-person match like that, there's captain's yeah. falls rules that either you pin the captain, you can win the fall right away, or you can pin two of the other guys in the match, and they're eliminated when they're pinned. 
but 90% of the time the bad guys still cheat anyway and still participate in the match when they're supposed to be eliminated. Yeah, don't most of those matches end when it's just like three of the bad guys tombstoning or power driving the good guy and pinning him in like a very... Yeah, and you and know, power drivers are supposed to be illegal, but no one gives a shit anymore. Like Pentagon fucking package pile drivers people constantly. That doesn't count. Uh, Canadian destroyers don't count as pile drivers. Um, yeah. But if you if you actually do a legit tombstone, it'll count. But if you do the King Cuerno hooked up package tombstone, it doesn't count. It, it's a whole bunch of things. So basically, in Lucha Libre, the rule, like sometimes just going to Mexico in general, the rules only matter when they need them to matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're saying like the old school Terry Funk Texas pile driver is banned. It should be. But the other ones are, every other variation is not. And a, a legit Undertaker tombstone should be banned too. That's supposed to be. Well, only the Taker's supposed to do that one. No, but then like you gotta, you also gotta factor in heel refs like Vinny talked about, uh, which I'm glad is not in Lucha Underground. See, there's a lot of confusing shit that Lucha Underground is simplifying and we're all better off for it is basically what I'm saying. Um, so, as far yeah, as Lucha Underground goes, Atomico's match, straight up four on four, one fall, and somebody you win. That's all good. good. Speaking all right, of so, uh, well, now I what you were talking about, um, uh, Phoenix re-debuted. Do you guys want to get into that? I have a little bit of a... No, we're going to talk about the episode first. The episode, yeah. but we're talking about we said Phoenix. <laughs> but we said Phoenix. No, we'll get back to Phoenix. He has a whole he has a whole match of Phoenixing to talk about, right. and he's not a friend either. Um, well, let's finish. Talk- we haven't finished talking about this segment because Dario leaves, and in comes um, one of the coolest guys in the whole universe, Johnny Mundo. Look, I said it right the first time. That's like the first ever. I didn't call him Morrison. I didn't call him Johnny Hollywood or Johnny Nitro. Or but you're doing that now. No, but I did the right name first this time. When has that ever happened on this show? It's like never happened. All I got to say is this man has horrible locker room etiquette because he goes up to Sexy Star and says, I haven't introduced myself. Look, even I know you're supposed to shake everyone's hand backstage when you show up. What the fuck, Mundo? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little little rude on his part. But he introduces himself now, and uh, Sexy Star has a hell of a grip during that introduction. I mean, she looks like she might break his fingers. I think it's just that um, Johnny Mundo has weak hands. <laughs> does he have little? Does he have tiny hands? He might. He might be the reverse Charlotte. We never know. <laughs> the anti-Charlotte. He very it. well may be, in fact, the anti-Charlotte. I would agree with that. A lot of ways. Um, she doesn't really speak to him. She just kind of stares him down. Um. But when Johnny introduces himself, he says, I'm Johnny Mundo, and I'm the next Gift of the Gods champion. But she's um, the current Gift of the Gods champion. Right. So either he's got a crystal ball or he's planning on robbing her because he can't beat her in a match. Jesus Christ, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> what? What are you saying? You, well, you think that Johnny like- Mundo can beat Sexy Star in a match? Come on. It sounds like Johnny Mundo uh, figured out his path to the title since Stereo shut one door. Uh, he's going to make his own way. Hey, yeah, you know, making, making your way in the world today takes everything you got. 
Because one thing that I don't think they've really hit on a lot is that when someone's name comes up on Dario's Dial of Doom, a new name goes in its place. Yeah, well, I think I know. I think Striker Striker mentioned that um, the second week, but just very briefly, kind of grazed over it. I've been kind um, of dude. It's, it's a smart strategy, though. If you think about it, really, it's like you want to yeah. get to the title. You win the you. You know, there's different ways to get there. You either get the Booker to give you the match, or you win Money in the Bank, or you win Gift of the Gods in 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 the Lucha Underground case. And if you've got Sexy Star sitting there. And you know she's defending the belt, and you know she can't be too eager to fight Matanza because who would be? Um, you know, and Mundo, maybe even that's good for Mundo. He gets the gift of the gods title. He sits around and waits till somebody magically beats Matanza, and then he poaches a shot from there. You know, that's just smart heel tactics right there. I do think that Mundo's delusional enough to think he can beat Matanza because he has specifically asked for a direct match with him before. So yeah. he very well might cash it in on Matanza because he's that crazy. Well, he's that delusional to think he can beat Sexy Star, so why not beat Matanza too? Oh, hold on. Hold on. Casey. What's up? What's going on inside of you right now? How are you feeling? Uh, why do you ask? <laughs> I thought you were listening to Justin. Uh, I was reading that message you just fucking sent me is what uh, – Sorry. Well, so let's get into match one before, before I antagonize Casey too much anyway. Match one is um, Sinestro de la Muerte. De la Muerte? Yeah. Muerte. Did I say that right Sinestro, this time? Sinestro. Sinestro. Said it better than J-Man, dude. That's all you got to worry about. The bar is better low. Than J-Man? Sinister. Yeah. Okay. He's the sinister death. Yes. Um, and Sinestro's waiting in the ring already. Didn't even really get an entrance this time. Mm-hmm. Um, they do that a lot, though. But uh, you know what? Before this match even starts, I have to. I have to. Uh, Strikers said prime mates about the chimps. I just want to point that out. He did actually make that pun. He said <laughs> that the chips, the chimps, were his prime mates. Just want to throw that in there. Um, <laughs> no, I did hear once that the excessive use of puns is a sign of a severe mental disorder. But you know, I've also heard that it's the sign of increased intelligence, and maybe he's just smarter than the rest of us. Hey, all I know is me and him, we're sharing, we, we're homies in the temple because we both have master's degrees, so I can't give him too much. You shit. guys might be, in fact, the only ones. And that might be true. You might, might be the only know. guys in the temple. Um, anyway, so into the match, this is going to be a match with Prince Puma, and Prince Puma has apparently asked for this match because of Sinestro's connection to Mill. Um, so you got two guys here who are former trios champs, uh, Prince Puma, who is obviously the first Lucha Underground champion. So these guys uh, represent some some past glory here. Yeah, if I'm Prince Puma, I'm going to ask for the, the fucking jobber skeleton to look like a big shot, too. Yeah. <laughs> Come Instead on. Mil Muertes himself, I'm going to say, hey, uh, how, how about you give me Skeletor over there instead? Well, I will say this. Sinestro, when this match started, he did not look like a freaking jobber at all. We're talking, there was some great uh, flippy shit rope running going on, like just running the ropes and flipping around. The, these guys look great. Yeah, man, it was pretty crazy. Some may even say it was loco. It was a little loco, like, like a crazy musician, like the crazy musician, kind of crazy almost. Mm-hmm. 
Made me what? hungry. Wanted to go to someone's restaurant. What? <laughs> oh, never mind, Byron. Byron's like, what? What do you, um, get? What do you say? This match didn't last uh, very long, though. Puma started to set yeah. up his big his big top rope finish, but then Mill ran in, um, and Puma kind of dodged. <laughs> Dodged the bullet with Mill right there, like Mill didn't get any action in his run in, uh, and then Puma hit a Puma driver. What was the, the he he had some kind of new like that's driver his, thing. That's a secondary finish. I think he's only really finished um, a jobber with it once. Like it was a jobber match. Well, he could have uh, finished like Sinestro. He could have finished Sinestro with it, but then he chose he chose to pull out the uh, the flatliner. And rub it in Mill's face by hitting the flatliner on Sinestro right in Mill and Katrina's face. And, yes, Katrina was there, too. She kind of – I don't know if I saw when she entered, but after Mill did his run-in, she kind of snuck out there, too. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's a bad idea, you guys? Fucking what? making fun of Mill Muertes. I'm not going to make fun of him. No, I'm not going to flatliner anyone in his face. He's the man. Uh, but Puma definitely is working more of a grounded, more of a heel uh, style now. A little yeah, bit and it's weird because he's still kind vicious. of, but he's still kind of walking a strange line. Like uh, we're we're seeing definitely a a a tweener kind of push for him here. I don't know if he's going full dark side or not because Mill's basically a heel. So if you're in a feud with Mill, I don't know if that really makes Puma a rudo. But I mean, is there a, is there a uh, Spanish word for tweener that they use well, in in uh, lucha libre? It's a uh, pendejo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, learned some Spanish today. Uh, Sorry. This week. I, 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 I would have considered milling this feed, just saying, just saying, right, Byron? You're, you're gonna, just going to say that too, right? That what, what's that? You're behind Mil Muertes in this feud? Yeah, like, I, first of all, I love Puma. Uh, I think he's great. But also, um, I I wouldn't say that Mil Muertes is, is a heel. I think he's a babyface sort of fighting from under with this whole thing with Katrina, you know, like this guy had the whole city in Mexico city just piled on top of him in an earthquake. And he's just trying to make it work now. Yeah. He had to dig himself out. And then you got the former world champion fucking bullying him and killing his skeleton friends. Yeah. Like he he used to have like three other friends and now his old lady took them from him, which is. It's fucked up. No, no, no. And this is a question I actually legit have. You, you just said that she's his old lady, and she is literally old and a lady. Yeah. But are they together in any way? Like, is she is she a necrophiliac? Um, no, he would. She's. Can you fuck a ghost? I, I mean, come on. He's actually dead mm-hmm. and brought back. She is just. Um, I don't know if undead. that. Element. She's undead, and he's. Re re un, I don't know how you would describe. He's his, he's his there's zombie. a lot. Of, there's a lot of zombie wiener implications that we're gonna end up getting into, and we can do a whole podcast on that by yeah. itself. He keeps uh, coming back stronger and stronger. Yeah, and and every time he dies, like his dick changes colors. It's amazing. I, mean, I thought that was his eyes, but Those he did look eyes. a little bit stiff when she came out. Uh. It's both, actually. Um, <laughs> We're no, actually, Where are we gone with this? What, what has happened here? We degenerated so so quickly. Um, anyway, 
Puma Puma hits the dive on Mill outside, which was a pretty sick dive, and they kind of brawl yeah. a little bit. Katrina stops the second dive. Um, I guess she just wants to wait for the right time. So yeah, I guess we'll just leave it at that for now. I'm excited. Let's go into vignette number. Okay, go ahead. Well, I'm excited no, go ahead. because the first uh, the first real big match, Ultima Lucha Uno, um, was kind of a very one sided event. And so I'm very excited to see these guys have more competitive fights in the future. Look, and this is a big name feud. We talked about this a couple weeks ago that, you know, your top, your top of the card guys, they have to be feuding with each other right now because they're not going to be at the top of the card while there's a dial of doom and Matanza sitting there being a monster. And you've got to find something for, for Mil Muertes, especially because he's the other monster in the temple. So Nothing better than that than the guy who held the belt in his face the whole first season. Um, I think it's a great feud. I, I'm just curious to see where they're going with this pseudo-Pentagon or the pseudo-Puma-Dark uh, kind of angle here. If he's really going bad or going rogue or if this is just a swerve back to super babyface times or what. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, say, match number two. I'd say embrace the darkness, Puma. It's your only hope. We'll see if he goes to the dark side. Oh, vignette number two. This is the I know it was you, Fredo, which is I actually wrote that in my notes. I'm glad you <laughs> said that. I actually called it vignette number two. I know it was you, Fredo. Um, it did. It felt like a godfather moment, though Dario is not doing the Michael Corleone thing here. He's not actually saying I know and then letting him go off. Um, you, you, you just get the feeling that as the audience, we know that Dario knows, but poor Cortez Castro slash Officer Reyes does not quite know, but I think he kind of got the feeling. It's like... I like how Dario blamed it on fucking Big Rick. That was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, putting a cigar. Out his life with a cigar. With a cigar. A cigar, yes, a cigar. Um, I, I'll tell you what I loved the most about this segment was that you could hear Melissa's ring announcement in the uh, outside of the office, and you see uh, Reyes, Cortez, whatever react to hearing his name being called out in the temple it was great and dario's just like yeah bro show goes on and like he has this panicked look on his face but the seamless cutting between what is a filmed segment in the office right into the ring i think this is the best they've done it yet where you mm -hmm. have that seamless integration without having it be a segment that they're taping live in the back like a wwe would do mm -hmm. which goes horribly awry on a regular basis what did you guys think of that I thought that was really cool. I think, I mean, you have a lot of different elements in the two different presentations. You have, you know, different cameras, different looks. And then you also have continuity things with, like, things to look out for, like the lighting might look different from from inside the office than when he's uh, outside the office or or this or that. There's a lot of things Ooh, yeah. that, there's That's a lot criticism, of things there or that could have made it that could have, uh, you know, been a hiccup. But I think overall, I think just it was executed flawlessly. I thought that the office. trying to match the lighting uh, from outside the temple made it look like there was a police car outside of Dario's office. There's saw. a little bit of that, but I think, yeah. I think a little bit of the lighting, I think the sound design really helped sell it. And I, th I just thought it was really cool. And it being so new, well, didn't they really also, when, when they made the transition, they went to a lower camera angle of Melissa first instead of the, the hard camera? 
I, I'm not I'm not positive on that, but I felt like whatever camera angles they chose as the immediate ones after he walked out of the office helped sell it as well as as opposed to going so. to a big arena style wrestling shot. Um, yeah, well, that's like. another thing too. They stayed right. They stayed kind of tight on him, and they kept it. They didn't yeah, do the so. big arena presentation like you're saying right away. Yeah. So they kept you in that small moment with him. And then, you know, and then it cuts over to him coming out of the office anyway. So you have those shots. I mean, we're talking yeah. just shit that most people probably don't care about. But I just thought it was really cool. It was obviously something that they put a lot of time and thought into. And that's the kind yeah. of thing that is impressive because it's the kind of thing that requires thought ahead of time. I like um, how um, when he came out of the office, he looked right at me and Byron with that, oh, my God, I'm fucked look on his face. Yeah, and like, did like, you guys rat me out? I think he thinks you ratted him out. Well, yeah. I think just – he knew he knew something bad was going to happen and he just he he knew that um if anyone was going to know how fucked he was it was going to be the co-presidents of the pentagon dark fan club he thinks, yeah. he thinks oh. the arrows are sticking together is what it is i think he thinks you guys are with uh with uh joey ryan i think that's what he thinks hey, you know oh, oh. you know well, what are you saying what people look the same yeah uh, that might have been his thought i'm just saying I, I, I do think it's important to kind of to kind of notice or, or to um, point out though that uh, this is like episode four, and it seems like in every episode this season so far, Lucha Underground is uh, introducing a new element of storytelling and presentation. Pretty cool. Uh, and it's subtle. I mean, it's not like they're doing. It's not like it's a huge, huge thing each time, but. They're just slowly expanding how they can tell the story of Lucha Underground. Yeah, they're, they're putting more tools in the toolbox every week, which I think is awesome. It's like I want to see them be able to tell these things the right way. And then also when one of them goes poorly to have options because, you yeah. know, and this is one of my complaints with the WWE product. And don't get me wrong, guys. There's, I think there's a lot of good stuff going on in WWE these days. But the backstage interview thing, they need it for the function of storytelling a lot of times because you can't cut every promo in the ring, but they're just dismal these days. They're, they're so, so bad. bad. And it used to be more fun kind of locker roomy stuff, but every single time now they'll have an interviewer stand there, start an interview, and <laughs> unless it's like Jericho cracking some awesome jokes or somebody like or, – or AJ's been pretty good at it too – other than that, it's like so formulaic. Every time it's somebody walks up and interrupts, and then it's like the interviewer's not even there, but they're still holding a microphone in their face. And, and everyone has just a different so eyeline. Fucking lame. Everyone has a different eyeline. Mm-hmm. They don't cross shoot half of them, so you get the old, the season one real world camera sway thing, which I fucking hate being a, a reality producer. I don't know it's why just, this. I think they. I think WWE in their golden age or in the Attitude Era, they just got too reliant on how magical it is when you just put Rocky Maivia backstage with a pile of cocaine. But see, well, even was then, that wasn't a fucking pre-tape, and it is now, and it's like Rock could hear the fucking crowd cheering for him while he was doing stuff and adjust accordingly. It's, uh, it's just rough. I don't know. They're bad now. Anyways. Anyway, like, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that Lucha Underground has um, – other resources available to them and i'm glad they're expanding them with flashbacks and these cool live continuity things out of segments and then the fact that 
people out front don't know what's going on backstage. It's not a part of the live show or, or even for the announcers that I don't have to have the announcers explaining to me what I just saw backstage Yeah, and giving me the Jerry Lawler laugh over it. Um, uh, so let's get into the, let's get into the match out of the, I know you, it was you Fredo moment into match number two, which I like to call Pentagon dark. Ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> it's, it's funny how, um, uh, Pentagon Dark and Dario were so at odds at one point, but Dario has such respect for violence. That yeah, I mean, you can't you, look. There's a reason why he hasn't kicked Pentagon out of the temple. It's like he can feed people to to Pentagon, just like he feeds them to Matanza. He fed people to Mill a couple times. Like Dario's not stupid. He knows what his believers like, and one of the things that his believers obviously like is his broken arms. Mm-hmm. Um. The the leg kick, like poor Ricky Reyes is a great wrestler, first and foremost. Let me just say yeah. that right now. Yeah. I hope you didn't watch this episode to see any of it, however, because this is a fucking squash. <laughs> yeah. um, the Pentagon leg kicks looked like Jose Aldo when he tore up Uriah Faber's leg that one time. Like, I think he only got one or two of them in, and they looked and sounded so fucking painful. So painful. Um, mm-hmm. And then he starts slapping him in the face and hitting him with the chops that like Boz Rutten style pancreas chops, just fucking lighting him up. And already I'm just like, oh, oh, Cortez, what did you get yourself into, dude? You know you didn't fucked up, right? It's not um, even warmed up going against the darkest demon of the temple. It was amazing. And Pentagon was just like in rare form. You could tell Pentagon yeah. was fired up, you know, ever since he lost at the end of uh, season two. I think Pentagon's got a little chip on it. I'm sorry. Did I bring up something touchy, Casey? Yes. Okay. Um, ever since he lost at the end of season two, I think Pentagon's got a little chip on his shoulder, not unlike our friend uh, Casey Nielsen here, the Lucha Gringo. Um, right. So he just lit, he lit Cortez up. It was just like watching him take out months of frustration. Um, and, you know, he hits the Pentagon driver. Is there a name for that besides the Pentagon driver? Uh, there's the three up, three down. It's been called. There's Pentagon Driver. There's just it's the and Striker uses the two interchangeably and also calls other moves the same thing. So just go call it a package fucking pile driver. That's all you got to do. That's it. That's it. Package pile driver. Well, he also he 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 does it running. Which makes it even more of a, you know, it hurts. And that's the one that I thought was the Pentagon driver where he runs and does the package pile driver. But that wasn't this one. This was just... Well, that's like the... That's like his whatever, his half Nelson pump handle. Right. I don't know. Anyway, this one was vicious and he fucking spiked Cortez right in the middle of the fucking ring. And then it, of course, cuts to the shot of J-Man... Jimmy Five, Byron Casey cheering on as Pentagon goes to break Cortez's arm. You guys are sick. You guys are sick, man. Why would you do something like that? We just got caught on video yelling for a guy to break a cop's arm. Um, (laughs) Well, now, I will will say that you actually, Casey, you looked the most reserved where you were just kind of like, damn, this is not going to be good for Castro. (laughs) It's like, Cortez Castro, I like you, but you're not Pentagon. Sorry, bro. We didn't know he was a cop. In the uh, temple. Uh, we did at that point. Yeah. 
Did we? We're just. Well, I think didn't yeah. he bust? Didn't he try to bust somebody in the parking lot by then, Byron? Uh, well, well, in in kayfabe, in kayfabe, we're just in kayfabe, we're just people who go um, to the show and watch the violence, and we just see the people fight, right? Yeah, but I think I had asked him for Captain Hotness's phone number, and he like slammed me up against the fence and handcuffed me and roughed me up a little bit. It wasn't cool. Man, it's fucking, fucking terrible. I, all I know, all I know is Byron's trying to keep kayfabe right now, and it's just, that's hilarious by itself. It's just horrible for the show, and. Uh, <laughs> And everything. Because I'm going to take a drink because I think one of the other rules should be anytime somebody eats food while on the podcast, you should have to drink. And I just ate a bunch of peanuts. So. Go ahead. Yeah, Fire. Fire. You know, <sighs> you're making me wish I had some food right now. And uh, I, I feel like Byron with this fridge that just has like some baking soda and like some fucking vegan well, ginger snaps is, inside of it or something. This is the downside of doing this Google Hangouts thing. It's very convenient because we don't have to travel and drive and meet up times and all that crap. But then, you know, it's a little tricky to get guests on. Like we, we had some issues trying to figure out how to get Vinny on today. And then mm-hmm. we can't do the catering thing because if I do the catering, I'm sending it to everyone else's different houses. And Just I don't know about this Google Hangouts here. thing, man. Yeah, right. Send it to your house anyway. Screw you. Byron needs a little more help on the food front. Those vegan ginger snaps in his fridge aren't going to feed an army. Uh, I don't have any of that. So then this Pentagon cuts a promo. And my Spanish is not great, but for some reason, (laughs) Pentagon's promos are very straightforward and very easy to understand. This is another one of those moments where it's like, I don't need the subtitles. I know what he's saying. Um he called uh, he called Chavo an old man, basically. Yeah. Called Dragon Azteca the equivalent of uh, I want to say punk bitch, a little yeah. harsher maybe. It's the first <laughs> time they've actually censored Spanish on the show. Yeah, yeah. but ba- back back to the <laughs> old meaning of what a punk bitch really is. He kind of called yeah. him that. Um, <laughs> you know, if we were chanting, he would he would have just called him Dragon Zero. Uh, it was a chant. <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, basically. Um, and he said that basically either's fate is uh, is going to be bones of broken, which I believe translates to broken bones. And um, and then, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he said he doesn't even respect his own mother. I don't know quite how he went from breaking bones to straight up, I don't even respect my own mother. <laughs> but isn't that what he said? Hey, yeah. You know what? He doesn't need to respect anybody. Are you gonna ground Pentagon Junior? Are you gonna give? Are you gonna give Pentagon Dark a fucking timeout? I think Phoenix should kick his ass. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Ray shit. Phoenix. Ray Animo. Phoenix. Ray Phoenix. Yes. Um, we are big uh, fans oh, of Phoenix uh, here, but um, I'm not cheering him over Pentagon. So sorry, Phoenix. Ooh, ooh. I I really mm-hmm. really hope we get to see a big long Phoenix Pentagon match at some point in time, because that would just be amaze balls. And then we'll have, to, we'll see what Phoenix has to say about Pentagon, not respecting his own mother. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, all I know is Phoenix last time they wrestled, Pentagon said Chinga to Madre to his own brother. Uh, so there you go. They do that every match. Yeah. That's fucked up. It's like, I think um, you know that everyone that knows their brothers thinks that's fucking hilarious. So they do it, it all. It is fucking hilarious. Yeah. 
That's also why I thought it was funny here, because he just jumped right to it out of nowhere. Like, I don't even respect my own mother. It, like, didn't even, like, totally make sense. But I understood it. It was, like, loud and clear, um, even in my my terrible broken Spanish. And then, of course, he said, because. I don't have any respect for my own mother, because I am Pentagon Dark, and I have zero fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'd be cero miedo to uh, you non-believers out there who are listening to this. I'm a little confused, but one of the tapings was on Mother's Day. He could have just had it on his mind. Oh, I was there for that. Yeah. I think we were all there for the Mother's Day. Joey Ryan was going around giving flowers to all the mothers in the audience. I wonder what he was trying to work. Yeah. Yeah, Joey. Yeah. Well, he hey, might have been the father the of the no. <laughs> Yeah. That's his, that's his form of the, the kids he's paying for. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's just trying to make up for some things last minute before him and Candace go off into the sunset, right? Isn't that who he's marrying, Candace? No, no. Who's he marrying? It's Joey Gargano. First oh, course, yeah. Johnny Gargano. That's Johnny. Johnny. That's Joey hey, Wrestling. Johnny's from fucking Johnny Cleveland, Wrestling. isn't he? Johnny Wrestling's another Clevelander, isn't he? I, don't my know. People. I, I try not to keep gross things like Cleveland in my mind. Hey, oh, you know what's you. funny? You know what's funny? Tommaso Ciampa, his his uh his other life partner, um, is from uh the Boston area, and my friends that I worked with when I did flipping Boston actually knew, uh, they knew his wife, uh, because they worked in the same production company, and then through her knew him, and it was pretty cool because they were telling me. Like uh, they'd send me videos of his matches where he would actually like really hurt people. Wait, what's well, wait back to Joey's Joey's girl's Laura something. What's her name? Why am I? Why can't Laura I? Laura St. James. Uh, check this out. Laura, um, so yeah, Laura St. James or Laura James or something like that, right? I'm sorry, I got. I got why am I getting Joey's girl mixed up? Check this out, guys. Uh, you know Zach Ryder tweeted that he's pre-gaming for Halloween Horror Nights, and then he's got Cody Rhodes in the picture with him. Rusev responds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that wins the no, internet no, right there. Twitter, you're fucking up because that guy's hilarious. Rusev is the best. That wins the internet for the day right there. Um, anyway, Actually, so... The internet is our show that's on the internet right now, Justin. I don't know yes. what Byron's trying to show us. Are you trying to show us a Digimon medal? Because I was just playing Digimon. No, this is what Joey Ryan proposed to Laura St. James after she said yes. This is that... Uh, Did she kick him in the dick right after that? She should have said yes and just ball blasted him, taking the ring and walked off. This is at what Augusta shows in San Diego. Uh, he proposed to her. She what said gonna, yes. Wait, wait, wait. If you're going to plug Gus, plug it right. It's it was FCW? FCW. Um, and Finest City Wrestling. They put awesome shows on. It's probably some of the biggest shows that you'll see. Like with, if you're a fan of Lucha Underground, you're gonna love pretty much everyone that you see on these shows. And plus, Gus is a fucking great dude. He's awesome. Support his yeah, shit. Gus is good people. We Gus sat by him once. He gave us these. It's it's really cool. But he yeah. that he that uh, Joey Ryan actually proposed in the middle of a match on one of his shows. Like how cool is that? And then she said yes. And then while she was super happy about getting married, he rolled her up for the one, two, three and got the win. Oh, what a heel. What always, a heel. always keep the victory in mind. He went to the pay window. Yeah. You got to do that it time with the DDT pro iron heavy metal weight belt that's gone to his head. Now he's warped. He's always looking for the win at any odd time. I want my fucking title shot. I almost had one. Isn't the belt back in Japan now? I don't even think it's over here anymore, is it? 
Probably. I don't know. I, I stopped watching once Vince McMahon's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame won the title. Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> awesome. Hey, come yeah. on. You didn't think Vince wasn't going to put himself over even for the DDT belt. Um, no, but um, hey, if you guys are looking for that star uh, to try to get a title shot, it's it's over by Hollywood and Highlands. Happy hunting. Oh, That's fuck really that. Awful. I don't even – I can't go to that two-block radius anymore. Fuck that. Um, so – Anyway, I wanted to say, look, right between, uh, right after this match, too, Lucha Underground had a cool new graphics package. I don't know if you guys noticed this. Um, again, I apologize. I noticed the TV stuff. But Pentagon Dark had, like, this dark Japanese temple thing behind him, and it was, like, this cool 3D graphic. Yeah. And um, I'm just, again, we're seeing it every week. They're stepping stuff up. They're doing new stuff. And, and after talking to EB Dub last week and hearing that he's got, you know, Editors working from home and this, that, and the other thing. The last thing you expect to see is new graphics packages because somebody has to sit down and make that shit, you know? And you figure mm -hmm. if they kind of streamline this whole process that they're just going to plug and play the old shit that they've always used. But no, here these guys are doing new 3D animations and graphics for fight cards and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. They should have that guy do the fucking lightning and soul stealing, but, you know. Yeah. I, you know what, I, I, I had a whole lot less hate for the Drago breathing fire thing after we talked to Evie Dub and I, we kind of heard more about the whole post-process of the show because it's like, yeah, somebody probably just threw that together in After Effects or something. And um, Plus, dude, I'm not going to shit on bad special effects when B-movies are like my one of my favorite things in the world. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> You know what a big trauma fan I am? I'm not going to shit on some crappy-looking lightning when I watch the fucking Toxic Avenger a million times. Come on. Whenever you hey, ask you've, me you've seen my death. So you have, you've seen yeah. my death scene, so you know I can't shit on bad effects. <laughs> I, I thought you really died, Justin. I don't know how you're here right now. <laughs> oh I thought my that, God. that acid just got you. Uh, oh, I was worst worst gag ever. If you guys haven't seen that, I'll post it on Twitter again or something. It's horrible. Yeah. It's the worst special effects gag of all time. Like the gag went wrong, and I was expecting them to call cut and do another take and fix the gag. And the director was like, oh, "We're running short on time. That'll work." And then I figure, "Oh, they'll fix it up in post or do something." No, it's like this little no. puff of smoke comes out of my sleeve. It's supposed to be this big smoke gag, and I'm supposed to be like burning, just like oh, dude. And I'm screaming like a little girl, just hilariously so, awful. I was I was at Monster Plaza and I went to the Full Moon booth looking for that movie. And not only did they not have it, the the oh. guy that was running the table, who actually was the director of Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama, ha. Uh, he seemed kind of mad that I was asking about it, like it was the Scanners movie that they don't talk about or something. It was <laughs> pretty fun. <laughs> well, that is true because the star of the other five Transfers movies, Tim Thomerson. Yeah, is, Transfers. I said Scanners. I'm sorry. No, but he's not even in this one. He's in it um, from old clips. And I think we had him do like a voiceover for like two things. Um, but it is actually this girl, Zet Sullivan, who was in some bad, uh, you know, Skinamax B-movie version of Palmetto. And that and this are probably her only two credits. And um, she stars as Jack Death in this one instead of Tim Thomerson. <laughs> and this is a movie that Helen Hunt was in Transfers 1. Yeah. And in Transfers 6, you get Zet Sullivan and me. 
So <laughs> it's clearly a degradation of the quality of the overall product by the end of the series. It is not included in the box set. I do have to let you know. Uh, I would uh, have I, actually. It it is. It is. I believe, and it's on the flip side of Transfers One. There's a version. Basically, to re-release Transfers 1 after Transfers 6 came out, they released a double-sided disc. Um, this is the one that they sold at or rented at Hollywood Video and Blockbuster 2. Transfers 6 is actually on the backside of the disc, and I think it just says it very small on the cover, like, bonus, an entire movie on the flip side of this disc. Oh, shit, I should have bought the set. It's best. Uh, you can just borrow my copy. You don't want to own that. All right, for anybody who's on Twitter... Um, Here's uh, here's the death scene that we were talking about. I'm posting it right now. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, God. Perfect. I got to talk about Monster Palooza. Woo, what's up? If you guys didn't go, you fucked up. If you're in the Burbank area, you should have gone. Uh, Wait, April- what is it? When do you want to go? Dude, we got to go to April. It's going to be at Pasadena Convention Center. That's the big Monster Palooza. It's April? fucking huge. Yeah, it's like Scare LA, but different stuff. I don't know where. Uh... You know where your film exhibited a year ago? Yeah. No, wait. Byron had a film? I had a movie yeah. that that played at Scare LA last year. It's to... the last Transformers movie with Donnie Wahlberg and Byron. Oh, uh, <laughs> see, that makes perfect sense. And Byron dies. I don't give away the, don't give away the beginning. All right, let me jump back into this episode. Good match. <laughs> Let me jump back into this episode because uh, we got match number three, Atomico's match with uh, Super Friends versus uh, Super Super Friends with um, what's her name? It doesn't matter. It means I gotta. It doesn't matter what your name is. But she's also one of the Super Friends. She's the fourth Super Friend. Yeah, she's the shitty Aquaman of the group. Oh, come on. She's sexy Aquaman. I love those Halloween costumes, too, where it's just like, it could be anything, but it's got to be a sexy something now. You go to the to the costume store, and it's like, oh, what are you going to be for Halloween? Frankenstein. But I'm going to be sexy Frankenstein. Ooh. Like, Dude, okay. That? Check this out. So I worked at Halloween Town in Burbank for a couple of years. Shout out to my bros over there. Go say hi. Tell them Casey sent you. It's on Magnolia. Um, fucking... There's a sexy Chucky costume. It's not <laughs> Tiffany. What? Like, like, okay, like if you wanted to be, like you think you would just be Tiffany, right? Because isn't that her gimmick? But no, sexy Chucky is a separate costume from Tiffany, the bride of Chucky, which you think that would be the sexy Chucky costume. No, sexy Chucky. The world's a fucked up place. And wasn't that, wasn't that, what's her face, Jennifer, uh, the hot actress that plays poker now? What's her name? Lawrence. She was supposed. Yeah, she was uh, Bride of Chucky, Tiffany. Yeah, but no, Sexy Chucky's a different costume. So God, you're still so messed Chucky, up. But you're skanky Chucky. <laughs> like, yeah. should, that's what it is. Halloween is just uh, just a chance for women who all year long have not wanted to show that they're skanky to actually show that they're skanky. That's that's what this is now. Why is Halloween degenerated into this holiday? All I know is that. Like, there's some fucked up costumes out there, man. Like, there's this one that you're, like, a prisoner, right? Like, fucking nails. Like, you're wearing the orange bodysuit and shit. And he's got a boner. And it's called the Department of Erections. 
that's just that's just horrible. That's a good one. Wait, so is this where Sexy Star got her gimmick? She was like down in Mexico, and she was like, "I want to be a star, but I want to do it like Halloween style and be a sexy star." You know what? All I know is that skirt that she wears in the ring and shit. It's just like those shitty sexy Ninja Turtles costumes that they sell. Whatever. Now, one thing I will say for Sexy Star <laughs> is. Her her ring attire is awesome. Like I don't think it's too salacious or you know like just trying to be sexual or anything like that. But I think her her ring attire always looks good. I've always liked the stuff she comes down in. Uh, well, that's 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 fine for you, Justin. But I'd rather she was not on my television at all whatsoever. Um, oh, but she was in this. She got a little bit potatoed in this one, you guys. She took the double knees in the corner from Taya, which is a deadly move for a reason. Yeah, it's also a move that you're not supposed to flop around and move when someone's hitting you with it, or you get potatoed in the face. Now, come on, are you 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 think that she moved, or do you think that Taya sent that one in a little bit stiff? I think that Taya, having been a victim of people sending things in a little too stiff. Wouldn't do that to another person. Well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this because I think this is a little bit of one of the actual problems with intergender wrestling because I think Taya's out there and she's going super hard and strong with the guys and then the match switches up and all of a sudden she's, she's going with the other uh, luchadora in the match and she sent one in a little bit hot. I mean, it looked like it was a receipt for something. I think, I think that also has to do with... Uh, there's a little bit of the gender issue, and then there's also um, the issue that Sexy Star is more of a soft worker, more of a safe, soft, and slow worker than the other guys. I think if Taya was going up against another luchadora uh, like Ivelisse or or uh, Mariposa, who you know more a little bit more physically imposing, um, you wouldn't have that sort of different you know different levels of aggression. But Sexy Star definitely is not one to trade stiff knees in the corner. Well, well I couldn't my, tell. I mean, did, I guys, should, go ahead. Real theory, okay. Taya saw, okay, where was this move? It was in the corner, right? How do you corner. get in the corner? You got to take a fucking turnbuckle. <laughs> so Taya thought, well, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to send it a little bit to make this look good because she just went into the turnbuckle and completely exposed the business right before that. So it's like I don't want people to see this move and be go, God damn it, that turnbuckle sucks. Still, while I'm going into the move, you guys see what's happening here, right? I uh, see. I Casey. I, I mean, I, I don't. Uh, I, I think you're just talking stupid. But I, you know, I think. I'm just being redundant. Well, now, but look, no, no. A a second before that, um, Taya did have to double hit one of the ropes because to get the timing right when they were running the ropes right before that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I I just, no, I'm I'm fully aware of all of that. And I agree that Taya has to kind of, you know, work. And they left that in. They left her little reset. They left Taya's little reset uh, off the rope uh, bounce in there. But I don't think she's stiffing sexy star. I no. think they both work together a lot at AAA. I think they yeah, both Yeah, I don't want to accuse I don't want to accuse Taya of sending something no, in there. Honestly, though, I don't, I don't think they have any heat together. So don't please don't start any rumors. Okay. Taya and 
sexy, don't have any heat. No, just, and they're both victims of the fucking Apaches stiffing people they don't like in AAA, and Taya broke fucking, uh, Taya got her fucking nose broken by the Apaches uh, just deciding to shoot on her, so there yeah, you go. Yeah, but Taya didn't complain about it. Everybody else complained for Taya, but Taya never said shit about it that I ever heard. I heard but, that Taya had no problem with that fucking match. Speaking uh, of, Sexy Star got, so she got her face broken pretty early in this match, and she still worked a large portion of it afterwards. Yeah, yeah they, she did. they had Very commendable. face in peril in this match, which uh, she's no Ricky Morton. Let's just put it that way. Well, I mean, she also no. has half her face just blowing up. She can't see out of her eye, and who knows if anything got broken or whatever, especially in a moment you don't know how bad it is. And she but didn't tag out, you know, she... Still well, did and all it worked. the work. And she stayed in, and, and the, the finish was basically her catching an extended beatdown. Like, the middle of the match went into, you know, your, your standard Lucha Underground match that you expect and love, which I love. People start doing the dives. There's a bunch of people on the outside. Kind of bedlam's going on. Um, and, you know, the, the match finishes up with... Uh, Taya comes back in on her, and, and they work together some more. And, and Taya was stiff here, too. She was throwing, like, the Cesaro-style European uppercuts and beatdowns and running back and forth again and again. It was just like, you know. Um, and then she pulled up lame on the outside. And, and uh, I don't know if I saw what happened there. How, why did Taya pull up lame on the outside? I think she missed a dive or something. Yeah, she busted her knee somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't quite catch it. I might not have been looking right at the TV when it happened, but then I looked up and I saw her holding the I leg. Got it's the sex that you were probably taking a piss, bro. Like, you, you're just <laughs> I, time to drain the lizard. Uh, um, terrible. Um, it was weird, though, and, and I wasn't at this taping, I don't think, so I didn't know if this was a shoot or a work, or I don't know if you guys know, but was she okay? No, I didn't even notice it happened at the tapings, uh, and yeah. I didn't notice Sexy Star's face being all fucked up at the tapings either, uh, because I think in this match, we were sitting closer to the announce table. Like, I was sitting over by... Well, there's a lot of action going on outside the ring, too, that people don't understand. That whole time that Ty, uh, Sexy Star was catching the beat down in the ring... Yeah. You know, you've got reasons that the other workers and the super friends on the outside, they're, they're fighting and PJ Black was beating up Drago and a bunch of stuff you don't see on TV, I yeah. imagine. I, I, think so, that, I think this might have been when Jack threw a kick at me, actually. Huh. Uh, I'm sure you deserved it. He's no, he, just, he just wanted us to move, so, you know, he threw a couple kicks at us. and uh, I think Well, that anyway, was, let me move on because I don't want to stay on it too long, but in ring, uh, Jack Evans went over on Sexy Star, so she yeah. did work the whole rest of the match. He did the Fuck crazy flip over a little lot. That's the, the Star Destroyer? Star Destroyer Jack Evans. There we go. Love it. Star Destroyer Jack Evans. That's, that's the new name. Um, vignette number three, I like to call this one Another One Bites the Dust. Um, Sinestro might be sorry, but uh, Katrina says he's failed her for the last time. And uh, with little fanfare, Katrina breaks his neck, sucks the soul out of his body, and spits soul dust all over Mil Muertes to uh, power him up. And then she tells Mill that she basically wants him to go and break Puma's neck. Yeah, she said, standard. I want you to do the same fucking thing to Prince Puma, which is, you know, that's not... And that then she really licked Sinestro. So right after that, she licked Sinestro. So does that mean she wants Mill to go and lick Puma? She said exactly the same thing. To you, have, you have to take her as literally to her word as possible. Yep. 
I don't know. I mean, not that I'm in the habit of arguing with really hot women who are 197 years old. I know how to respect my elders, but I don't know if I would want to go out and lick Puma. Hey, Russ, rough business, bro. Sometimes you got to do what your manager says. Like if they say, go out, go out there and lick Prince Puma, you got to do it because, you know, she's like Bobby Heenan. She's looking out for his best interests. There you might be taste. a reason to lick him. Maybe he tastes good. We don't know. I mean, you got to feel bad for Sinestro here. He didn't even get the lick before he was dead. I mean, she broke his neck yeah. first, stole his soul, and then licked him. That's just rude. I mean, that is just a slap in the face. That's horrible. That's one of the most heelish things I think I've seen Katrina do. Normally, she'd lick them and let them know that their time is up. But, like, damn, like, that was just rude. Well, she made him mad, dude. She, she, you know, she's like, you're the jobber skeleton. You have three souls in you, and you still can't beat Prince Puma. (laughs) I'll tell you what, though. I was a little disappointed by this because I loved a segment last year. Sorry, I'm eating some food, so I got a drink, but. Like, I love the segment last year where Sinestro, like, powered up by killing the other two guys. And I was hoping that we would see, like, this powered up, like, super Sinestro this season. But, nope, he's just dead. I don't know why, but... And I like the worker behind the mask, too. We won't get too into it. So, I hope I hope they give him another gimmick of some kind. I hope he sticks around because he's a good wrestler. Um, yeah, I hope he gets something very soon, like, on the next episode. <laughs> we'll see you well, must know something i don't know that the the funny thing about this is that he probably had his best showing on this show yeah. that he was written off of you know yeah, it happens it's, um all right well let's jump into our last match here because i don't want to stick on on this for too terribly long we're almost through this thing um and i want to get to the last segment because i'm sure casey got something to say about this last segment but uh the math match four or as I like to call it, refs should wear masks. Um, Dadge, my boy Dragon Azteca Jr. versus Chavo Guerrero Jr. with uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. Yeah. As ref. It's still and awesome. The winner has to fight Pentagon Jr. Oh. Pentagon yeah. Yeah. So the winner's a loser, but the loser's also a loser. It's Chavo. still so this awesome is- to see Ray in the ring, though. It's still. I stole. I liked. Ray, I love awesome. this gimmick with the like seeing a ref in the mask. It made me wish that like all other older retired mass wrestlers should come back as refs. Like it was kind of cool. I know that there's some refs that probably should have been wearing masks. Like it would have been great to have Nick Patrick wearing a mask when he was doing his thing. Yeah, especially you know? when his dad was a wrestler that was famous for wearing a mask. Yeah, but what if you're pretty like you know Justin or. Little Nate. Yeah, when you're pretty like Justin Borden, you got to keep that face on television. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Um, so, Chavo did his, his thing here. This was super solid. Chavo, like, love him or hate him, if you weren't following his ring psychology through this match, I mean, I just don't know... I don't know what you're into in wrestling. Like every moment again with Chavo made sense. The guy is just a great worker, right? He's yeah, he's great. I mean, he did the old school, you know, Chavo thing where he doesn't do anything too flashy, but he still had like that one incredible catching a dive and slabbing Dragon Asega Jr. into the railing, which that was awesome. But that's also like 
this guy's been around a long time and he's old school and yet he's still incorporating like the new culture of of, of providing moments for gifts in matches. But see, but here, and here's the thing that I love about Chavo too is like when he slows the match down to do a rest hold, he's still getting the crowd fired up. He's still looking around. He's taunting them. And it's like, you know, these other guys, and I watch these matches where they're doing rest holds, and on WWE, they have to do rest holds all the time. I don't, I don't begrudge them that. It's a three-hour show, especially on Raw. You're going to have rest holds. But, but they do them, and they don't get the crowd fired up. They don't interact. They don't keep the, the, the psychology of the match going or the story. Chavo, if Chavo's got somebody in a headlock, he's like pointing to people in the crowd. He's talking shit, or he's talking to the guy, or he's arguing with the ref, or he's doing something to keep you invested in the spirit of the match and the psychology that's going on. Yeah, and Chavo's so great simple. at that. Chris Jericho's great at that, too. Mm-hmm. That, ask him! Ask him! But, <laughs> yeah, yeah Chavo, Chavo's great. It's, we're not getting, like, fucking Chinlock City bitch from Randy Orton. Yeah. You know? Um, um, fuck Randy. It, the, uh, the, uh, Dragon Eye Sega had some good moves too. Like the, yeah. you know, we're going for the Undertaker rope walk, except with, with Dragon Azteca, it's a double hop up to the top and then jumps down and then springs off the second rope back up to the top. And then they just do an arm drag at the end of it. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. was still amazing. It was really nice yeah. touch. It was like the Lucha Libre Taker walk, uh, rope walk, but new style. I liked it. It was fun. I love stuff like that, man. And like Dragon Azteca Jr. is so great, and I still don't feel like we've had him showcased to his full potential here. I it's agree. Being Ray Horace work, um, right. but it's only a matter of time. And you know, hey, maybe he'll bring it with Pentagon. I don't fucking think so. I think <laughs> Pentagon's gonna murder him. But you know, whatever. I mean, it's that's. I feel bad. I'm very curious to see what happens there. I feel bad for him because. How no much is Casey going to cry if Dragon Azteca Jr. does go over on Pentagon, though? If he just does Dude, like a your homeboy, Your homeboy, Dadge, fucking JJ, he's not going to fucking win. Uh-huh. What, if, what if he does like one of those like three flips in the air, does a Lucha arm drag, and then pins Pentagon for the one, two, three? I mean, think about it. They're, they're kind of setting something up here, Casey. It's like he already got squashed by Pentagon. And then... You see Pentagon in this episode squash Ricky and what could happen, which makes me feel like that's not what you're going to see happen <laughs> to Dragon Azteca Jr. Like there's hey, going to be something else at play. We've already established that Dragon Azteca Jr. is Pentagon's bitch, and now he's going to fuck him like one. Uh, we'll see. Um, oh, oh, so let's talk about the finish real quick because this is another part where the finish, psychologically, Chavo all day long sold this fucking finish. This is a finish that I could have seen in a lot of other wrestling promotions, and I really honestly would have been mad at it. Like, really? That's the fucking finish? Really? But the way that Chavo was selling it and arguing with Ray, and they escalated it to the point where Ray felt like he had to take something into his own hands. Um, you know, and Chavo, it started with Chavo insisting that Dragon Azteca Jr. tapped in a moment where clearly he did not tap, which was just classic. Yeah. Chavo, it was so awesome. It is good shit. That is a Guerrero move right there. Yeah. And, oh god. You know this finish though is great because it sets up Ray versus Chavo too. Yeah. And they've had awesome fucking matches together, like those I Quit matches that they had in WWE, or the well the one. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. 
And uh, the one where, like, Ray was hanging upside down and he started smacking him in the leg with the chair and shit. Just fucking great. It was great. And I mean, <laughs> they, they built it up so they get to the move of, of all all that happened was Ray hit Chavo with the forearm shiver or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Dragon Azteca hits, what was it, an electric chair? I don't even know. Like a chair roll up. It's a victory roll. You know, he, he got him. It was, but it started with an electric chair, and then it went into like a Hurricane Rana victory roll. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's a, no, it's an old school. Uh, it's old school Rana. It's what Ray used to do all the time too. When you you just you hop up on someone's shoulder, spin around, and do the do the quick Rana with the leg hook. That used to be one of his finishes. And now Chavo has lost to it from a different person than Ray Mysterio. <laughs> Great. Ray Mysterio's work because that was a fast count too. It wasn't just a, a Rana. That was a fast fucking count. Well, like yeah. Patrick, take notice. If he would have, if he would have done that count, Hogan versus Sting, Nick Patrick wouldn't have tanked all of WCW with a shitty referee. Yeah, that was the moment. That was the moment that everything died for WCW and TNA. Mm-hmm. That was it right there. Oh Had shit! Did somebody buy TNA yet? Because um, well, we'll get to talking about that in a second. Let me finish this last uh, last segment. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and of course, for the crowd to not go home uh, crying, we get the 619, a little booyaka booyaka yeah. to end it off, keep the crowd happy, and going out hot, and the credits roll, and the show's over. Wait, show's not over. Black Lotus has been on vacation, as Dario said. She's obviously in Hong Kong or somewhere not around here, but Dario did say that she was going to Hong Kong, so I'm going to assume that's where it is. I'm not being racist, Casey. I'm, I'm, that's a quote from Dario. He said Hong Kong. Um, and you know, she's talking to, who's she talking to Casey, her, her parents, her, her parents, parents spirits right. was making an offering to them. Uh, it's like she some said kind of Shinto Buddhism offering thing going on there, right? Yeah, cause she said she fucking killed the guy responsible, but now she wants to uh, take it to Pentagon. She's well, got but she car. said, she said that she killed the guy responsible, but the mask got away, which we're referring to. Yeah. Dragon Azteca. Azteca, the Dragon Azteca match or mask. So there's yeah, also there's, continuity here. Yeah, because he uh, he's a grave robber, Dragon Azteca Junior, and <laughs> took a mask off of a corpse and put it on without even fucking washing it. Hey, you know the it's mask has power, man. You want that? What's that? A Luchador tradition? Yeah, it's yeah, no. tradition. To to grave rob mask people? No, it's not. Damn it! But anyway. Um, um, <laughs> We saw some. And then she masks. says, "We saw some mask yeah. people." Yeah, she says, but uh, now she's going to send the Black Lotus Triad to show Pentagon Dark what fear really looks like, and up steps three. I'm not going to say this incorrectly. Three figures wrapped faces in black that look like they might be professional assassins in the night. Um, Where's Shokosugi when you need him, Casey? What is what are these guys? What's going on? Um, well, first of all, I appreciate everyone not using the N-word to describe these people. They are not ninjas. I always oh. appreciate it when people don't use the N-word. I, I hate oh. it when people use the yeah. N-word. Because um, a lot of people on Twitter are like, holy shit, it's a ninja. We're going to get ninjas in Lucha Underground. First of all... I said that, too. I have a tweet with 14,000 hits on it or something that, that said ninjas. So I'm I, sorry, Casey. It was me. First of all, an Asian person wearing a baklava doesn't make them a ninja, especially when they're wearing leather jackets and shit, okay? First of all. Second, second, second. We already have a ninja in Lucha Underground. His name's Pentagon Dark. Jesus Christ, people. 
What's up, uh, my ninja? Uh, you know, you know that's what white people say when they want to say the N word, right? In front of they say ninja, they say go ninja, go ninja, go. Yeah, are you talking uh, about boss uh, here? Uh, <laughs> I'm not talking. What? 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 Huh? Huh? What don't you, you work with a guy that knows something about ninjas? What's up, ninja? I don't have a boss that uses that word. You know what's funny is we got him to watch Lucha Underground by saying there's a skeleton ninja, and he's like, fuck yeah, sign me up. He loved it. Well, no, but he, well, he's not my boss, but he loved, he loved that, and he loved Angelico because he's a BMX guy. He loved Angelico doing the big drop kick in that ladder match. Well, yeah. you know, Angelico's, Angelico's always worth and I may, I may or may not have work as a professional ninja on my resume doing commercials for KarateMart.com. Um, that could have been anyone in that mask. But, um, yeah. I'm telling you, look, these are, these are going to be ninjas because, sadly for you, Casey, I think the intent, uh, regardless of accuracy, was for them to be, in fact, ninjas. I believe that when DJ wrote this, he ninjas. All I got to say is um, this took place in Hong Kong and ninjas are Japanese, so what's up? That's true, too. That's true. But, dude, ninjas are international assassins these days, man. They're everywhere. All I know is I wish that Shokasugi was in this. And uh, if he ends up being limo guy, all of my money. All of my money. Look, Casey, all I'm going to say is you can't keep my ninjas down. You know, this um, – Let's just say I know what this is leading to, and it will be can't miss television. Well, it, it better not lead to a ninja getting shot in the temple for not doing anything and minding his own business. That's what I'm saying. Well, all I got to do is say Whoa. keep an eye out for Joey Ryan. That's all I got to say. Or maybe Cortez Castro because, you know, with one arm, he might have to bring a gun with him, and you never know. You never know. Yeah, I don't know. We're, we're going to see because Cortez had this great angle going and all this stuff going, and now he's yeah. going to be – Well, he's not dead. So I wonder, I wonder what uh, Captain Vasquez has to say about what happened to him. He'll probably Captain, you know what? say whatever she wants to say. To just stay in the fucking hospital, take some time off. She already told him multiple times, you're off the case. You're off the case. No, but, no, but, but, now, back in. but now he's back in on her real side, and we know that she's got half the amulet and that there's some bigger things at play. She's brought him back in for real now. So is it's he gonna a real fight so end of days it's, it's her yeah. job to prevent the end of days and cortez is on her side so we'll see what happens yeah well maybe yeah. she needs to come to the temple and get her fucking hands dirty instead of sending people to get murdered and arms broken well i think cortez is gonna go back to her and say i think uh i got figured out because my arm's broken now and Wait. she's gonna be now like, do we well, know if carmen has ever worked can carmen does carmen wrestle I don't say she has to wrestle. I mean, she's just got to go in there and, you know, maybe bust a cap and jefe or something. I'm yeah. not that that would happen, but, you know, maybe she can tase Matanza or something, you know? And honestly, that's one of the things that we haven't seen yet. I, I think it would be cool if she did actually do a spot in the temple and some, like, let's have some of the acting in the vignette stuff spill over into the ring. Like we have it go the other direction. Let's, let's have, you know, uh, renegade show up and do something in the temple yeah. or, I like how you're thinking because that Captain increases Hotness our show up. That increases our chances of meeting Lorenzo Lamas. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So and Carmen Perez, both of them, come on down, hang out at the temple with us, do shoot shoot something in the ring. Um, 
All right, so that's, that's this week's episode. What do you guys think? On a scale of uh, 1 to 10, what do you guys give this episode? Pentagon was on and he fucking won it. Fucking 13. All right. Not biased at all. Okay, uh, Byron, what do you think? I was going to give it a 10 for that, for the Pentagon match. Uh, no, I thought, I thought it was a good one. I'd say probably uh, 7 or 8. You know, it was, it was really good for an episode that was kind of just cruising. They still delivered a lot of, a lot of interesting things, but it wasn't, um, it was like a lot of stuff being set up kind of. Yeah. I'm going to go seven. I'm going to go seven. I think myself, you know, at this point, and maybe this is unfortunate and maybe this is kind of what Vinny was talking about before. I feel like the WMD match so far this year set the bar so so high and yeah. not just that match but the vignettes that were in that episode too with the medallion the amulet or whatever that set the bar really really high so i have to rate that clearly higher than an episode like this which i loved i love this episode but i i hope that lucha is not doing themselves a disservice when they have these really stellar episodes like that was like for a regular episode that wasn't an ultima lucha that episode was like a 9.5 so I, I got to yeah. say something about next week. I don't know if you guys saw the um, the listings for next week's episode, which yeah, I kind of alluded to. Uh, it says that Ivelisse gets a new love interest and that the Rabbit Tribe debuts next week. Well, oh, I'm always happy when Ivelisse is on the show and Rabbit Tribe. And uh, well, we've we've pretty much deciphered at this point that Paul London is Rabbit Tribe. I mean, that logo on the back of the jacket in the right. in the trailer clearly is a rabbit or a rabid squirrel or something. But that's got to be the Rabbit Tribe, right? Yeah, and um, we from going to the tapings, we know who Evelise's love interest is, and I'm really looking forward to that debut. So, uh, interesting. Yeah, and uh, this is gonna be. This is going to be a big show to not miss. And the other thing from having gone to the tapings, we know that they topped the WMD match. And that's awesome because we know that's not like the peak of the season. Like we know that like everyone else might not. I don't necessarily know that though, because I don't know when or if that stuff's even going to air. There's been entire matches that have never aired. You know that, right? Yeah. But I mean that the one that I'm talking about, that's definitely It'll well, I, but there's also stuff like, you know, the, the preview for next week, there's really cool stuff going on, but the stuff like the fallout with Cortez, like you really want to see where that's going. Cause that's kind of putting them up against not only Dario, but, but Katrina. Yeah. And then you also have this triad situation, which that's going to be a big, the next step of that is going to be a really big deal. Um, and it's just, there's a lot of really big stuff that they just hinted at for this, yeah. this week. Well, I know where I see. I, I don't even know some of the ones that Casey's talking about, but I know where the Cortez one's going and you guys don't know that one. That one will be uh, really good for everyone to see too. I think you'll enjoy it. The cool thing. The cool thing is, you know, the ends, but I think I was there for the middle and you weren't probably yeah, uh, so there's, some lead, there's some lead up. It didn't make sense that I, I, to just you know, I just went with it because you're at the temple. You don't know what the fuck's going on. You're like, oh shit. Yeah, so it's kind of cool because like the parts I saw were like really good, and it sounds like the parts you saw without telling us were good. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, and I never told these guys either. I just kind of tease tease some of it too, which is great. That I, I can't wait for it to actually air, so I can be like, that's what I was talking about. 
and they because they don't know. I never. I try not to give spoilers too much. Um, you know, to any even even to my buddies that are going to be there the very next week. Yeah, I did not give them spoilers from that weekend. We um, take so anyway, very seriously on the Triple M show. Now, now, Byron. Yes. What's going on with TNA? Have they been sold? Do we know? Um. Well. Tell, well, give us the lead up. What was the story with, with TNA this week? And I'll, right. I'll do some searching too here. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see anything new right now. I think the deadline today is by uh, end of business hours because basically TNA cannot afford to pay for their show on Sunday, which is their biggest pay-per-view event of the year, uh, Bound for Glory. They got Cody Rhodes. They got a lot of big stuff. There's a lot of cool stuff that's going to be going on. This big um, Hardys versus Decay, that, that's going on. Uh, it should be actually a, a lot of fun if they can actually put it on. Um, they can't afford it uh, unless they sell the company. Like This is the point where the company has to be sold. Um, oh, wait, doesn't Billy Corrigan, like, can't he just, like, take his jukebox well, money and, and buy the well, company? Well, Billy Corrigan's trying to buy it. There's another company that's trying to buy it. Basically, TNA's been floating on loans from Corrigan, who is a partial owner, and another company. Um, and Dixie Carter is just being a, a horrible mess about it, if you read yeah. the reports. Um, but basically, the problem is TNA owes more money than it's worth. So if you're going to buy... Like you're gonna buy WCW for three million dollars, you might owe like five on top of that to everyone, and so they're trying to. I think they're trying to figure out how to buy the company uh, without procuring all or most of the debt that well, comes with and, it, so and, they and can keep running it smoothly. In business terms, through. from from what I was reading in Forbes and from the business side, because I always like to look at the real numbers of these things. Um, the ultimate goal for another company would be for WWE to purchase just the tape library assets of the company, which is, I believe what they're willing to do. They're willing to pay a pretty penny to get that library. Um, I mean, and TNA is still even using, you know, some of their best money-making revenue right now is of stars that are not in the company that are other places because yeah. they have this great life. They have all of AJ's stuff, you know, and all well, this AJ and Joe stuff. are are former figureheads of TNA, and they're champions over WWE. Yeah, and I mean, and and then they could also, you know, like burn all the Jeff Jarrett footage, <coughs> and and I'm sure Vince would be very happy about that, and probably a lot of other people as well. But no, it's something to put on the network. It's but, more, it's more shit. Um, to put I will. I think the rumors about WWE being interested, though, I think they've lowballed. I don't think they're that interested. There was they, another report that um, basically that was getting a little bit of traction because uh, uh, what is it? John yeah, but from the Bird? Wall Street side and the real the real investment people, like the wrestling business people, are saying that WWE is not interested. But the real investment people that follow WWE very closely are yeah. saying that 100% that is false. WWE is absolutely still interested, but it's because what what the wrestling people are hearing is that WWE does not want to come in and save the show this weekend. They could yeah. give a fuck about the show this weekend. What WWE wants is that tape library. So all the wrestling marks out there that really think WWE is out of the picture, guess again, they are not. They could very easily partner up with somebody else. If somebody else wants to buy the company, that may, that may even happen. They may force them to change the name, and WWE may want to buy just the library. 
And that may be a way that somebody could buy it. Like Billy Corrigan might be able to save everyone's jobs and give everyone a show to work on, but to do it, he might have to sell off the tape library and change and the real. Well, anything that happens, there's either going to be no TNA. Uh, Cause like you said, there's no way WWE needs to buy TNA and keep it running. Right. Just, no, they don't need that. Um, but if it goes through and Corrigan can buy it and he's, that's what he's trying to do. Uh, he's going to rebrand like any smart person buying the company. Uh, see, he's that's what completely I rebrand. But then why buy it? If that's, yeah. you, you have all their business deals, you have all their TV deals, you have all that infrastructure. It's just, you're going to put a new, it's a, it's like a soft reset. Look, you that have, might be what it needs. It might really need that at this point. Like maybe turning over the the marquee out, out front is really the way to to jumpstart it. Like if you're interested in making a new product, if yeah. you're not interested in the history of what the product was before, you know. And sometimes that works. Some you know. I don't know. Dude. Like help me with this. Why don't why like the TV deal isn't that great of a TV deal. But, but America, why don't you just let the company die, poach the talent you want, and start your own fucking company? Because it's so much harder to start from scratch, like Jeff Jarrett's been trying to do with GFW. You know, uh, it's so much harder. And TNA, for you know, for all the things against them, they're not doing, they're not putting that horrible of a product on. I mean, they, I mean, I'm not watching the show, and I still kind of know what's going on. I still know about EC3 being the man. I still know that the Hardys are you know they're the top trending story in wrestling and i didn't know anything about decay but now i know about decay because the hardys are putting them over um and you know all this stuff it's there's stuff that's going on that's good there's stuff that's but are bad. you watching Just, every week do you even get pop uh i mean i'm not gonna watch tna because the brand is is not good i don't i just you know i know i know not to watch tna but what i'm saying is is the work being done, all the stuff below them, you know, behind the, the brand is, is good or decent, you know, for wrestling. So, you know, put a new shine on it, put a new name, and then you have all that, all the stuff that's working. They'll try and fix some stuff, but it's That's just, how much reach they don't have though, is because Justin just said, do you even get pop? I literally just referred to it as destination America still completely yeah. forgetting that they were on fucking pop, which is even worse. Well, they've been getting worse and worse TV deals and it's really bad, but I think they, I think it's easier for them to work their way back up from where they're at now than to start from the ground. See what's crazy though, is like, if I'm a, if I'm a crazy money Mark, I'm not buying the company and saving it. I'm going to poach talent and I'm going to buy their equipment. That's going to be on a fucking fire sale because they're going to have to sell all that shit off. If they even own it, they might be yeah. well down in Orlando. Yeah. They might, but they could be renting a lot of it. I mean, I, yeah. you know, Lucha Maybe. underground, for instance, I saw they have VER stickers on most of their cameras, which means they're right. renting most of their gear. Yeah. They own that shit. I mean like the ring, the ring they have to own. It's all branded with their shit or it, maybe not. Maybe they just have, yeah, you could sell rings. So, but it's also like, T, you look at why why they ended up where they're at, and it's because a lot of bad Dixie Carter decisions, a lot of it's like bad, a lot of bad Vince Russo involvement. Like they lost their the actual real TV deal, I think, on Spike because they kept hanging on the Russo. And whether or not you like what Russo does, when the people who pay you to make a TV show don't want you to hire him, you don't hire him. 
And then they find out because you fucking emailed the wrong person by accident. Yeah, it's like all these things, like basically you remove all these components that, that poisoned all these TV deals. And then you try and get some good momentum mo- moving forward with Billy Corgan. And I think they can, I think they can rebuild back. I, I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think you're removing the elements that put them on a shitty time slot or whatever on pop that no one sees them. I got to say, I feel bad for the people that might lose their jobs because of this on the production side. I feel bad for the wrestlers that yeah. are going to have one less place to work, maybe, uh, especially one less televised place to work. Um, because there are a lot of people that we're watching in WWE right now that would not be where they were if it wasn't for having their shot in TNA, like your Joe, like your AJ Styles. And that's, and that's including the fact that AJ Styles was in WCW. No one fucking remembers it, but he was. Yeah. But it was TNA that made him. And uh, Joe, he did a lot of great stuff on the indies and in Ring of Honor, but his fucking matches in TNA were a big deal for me. That was my favorite part of the company. When and they that's, where, that's where he got on TV. That's where he right. got his exposure. Look, right. it all comes down to this. It's really, at the end of the day, it's on Dixie Carter. Yeah. She, she's mishandled the company in the past, and then she's dug it out. She's made mistakes, and God bless her for trying. She's, she's put bookers in charge that she's had to then take out of power and had fights with. You know, she has constantly tried – but I, I got to say that she's also consistently shown that she just doesn't have the same business savvy that a lot of other people in this mm-hmm. business have. She's overreached yeah. at times when she shouldn't. She's made bad deals with talent and TV and booking. Like she's just, and she's made, she's part of the reason why the WWE deal and some other deals that they could have taken a few weeks ago to keep the doors open. She didn't take. And now she's looking at poor Billy Corrigan, like fix it. And, He's like halfway trying to be loyal to her because, you know, she she brought him in and let him do a lot of this stuff. But at the same time, she's his busy, biggest obstacle to doing yeah. what you can tell the guy really wants to save these workers' jobs. It yeah, looks yeah. like he's really in it for the right reasons, and yeah. yet his hands are fucking tied here. For the and first she's time, also, sales she was, before. The, um, at the recent tapings they were doing, she wasn't involved or running them, and she was more of just like a figurehead, whatever. Her and the shit's better, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it, it got, and it, that's probably a big reason why it's getting better. But I think part of that is leading into her being so difficult with this, with what's going on right now, because this is her, uh, whatever it is, like she's losing the dream of being, you know, Dixie Carter, the owner of TNA. And uh, it's just, she's acting irrationally, but I don't know. I hope, I hope, I think ultimately, um, you know, they were they were building up momentum. I think they were putting on a cool alternative product until Hogan and Bischoff came in, and <laughs> Matt, Matt Hardy um said something about that. Right. Um, Matt Hardy called them a poison that said like they're the reasons they're the ones that killed TNA, and then I think Bischoff was threatening to sue him. But well, I mean, hey, I think if you went to court, those guys, their gimmick is tired. It's like, you know, you're, you're, you're coming in and big ball and takeover thing. That was done, man. That was the Monday night wars. It happened. You did it. It was good. Then you can't do that in every company <laughs> you come into anymore. It's well, you like, have, you have, um, uh, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe and, uh, Chris Daniels, fallen angel, put in on this incredible three-way match. You have, uh, Nigel McGuinness and Kurt Angle putting on these great matches. 
It's putting them on the map. You're seeing guys you're not going to see in WWE at the time. And it to me, like that's what I wanted to watch. I didn't care about WWE. And then Hogan and Bischoff come in, and all those guys are gone. They make AJ Styles dance around like he's Ric Flair, and then they put makeup on Samoa Joe and have him get kidnapped by ninjas. Yeah, which is when I absolutely stopped watching the product altogether. I no, honestly, it. it went downhill for me uh, when Angle came in because I was loving the product when Samoa Joe was on top and he was doing well, all this clearly stuff. It went downhill for Angle when Angle came in too because he got addicted to like 700 Vicodins a day at the time. I mean, like he's yeah. admitted how awful. I think it was on that road before. But you got to remember, he was the one that they had beat Joe. No, so but Angle himself has said that it got worse when he went to TNA yeah. because everyone was drinking booze also. So yeah. when he was doing the WWE stuff, he was mildly popping pills and probably too many of them to get through. But then the whole point of going to TNA was to not have the in and, in and out work schedule all the time. But here he is fucking boozing on top of 80 Vicodins. Like Brett Favre looked like his issue with Vicodin was nothing compared to Kurt Angles. Dude, <laughs> I mean, TNA almost killed the guy. It was yeah. a whole big deal, though, with Samoa Joe's undefeated streak. So you're like, all right, yeah. like the Undertaker streak. They're going to have to do something really cool that's going to be like a star-making moment for whoever beats Samoa Joe. Instead, they got a WWE reject, even though it was Kurt Angle and he was a big fucking deal. They got yeah. him to be the guy that beat Joe. So all that that said was no matter how big you get in TNA, WWE is always going to be bigger. And they're saying that on their own fucking product. Well, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, what may happen it might be what's happened to other companies is WWE might eat them up. The problem yeah. for WWE is they don't need the TV deal. They'll probably have to break those contracts, but, but WWE could use some more talent. They don't need these guys, but they could use them for sure. And it yeah, might be a good thing. It. I mean, they've got the brand split now, <laughs> you know, you throw in a, a Lashley and, and an EC3 and Bennett and a couple of these guys, like there's places for them. I don't know how well the Hardys would fare at this point in time. They might be better to not take a deal and go out on the indies and make that money because I think they'd probably make more money doing that with a better schedule. Um, but who knows? And Hardy's selling a lot of gimmicks right now on uh, pro wrestling tees because he has like 9,000 fucking shirt designs. There's no way yeah, that uh, that I Matt would go to Hardy. Ring of Honor if I were him. Like if I were Matt Hardy yeah. and this whole thing went through and he could get out of whatever deal he had, I would go to Ring of Honor if I were him. Just sell merch, work his lighter schedule, you know, travel less. I wouldn't deal with this other bullshit. There's no way that he would be able to do what he does um, in WWE. And like I, I saw Matt Hardy um, lose to Kevin Cross in Vegas a few weeks ago, and you know that just you know that shows you that. Um, like he's working really hard to get himself over still and to, you know, to keep himself fresh, but he still has the right mindset on the business. Well, and I'm sure they also paid him a shit ton to come in and fucking go let cross go over on him. I'm sure he got paid just fine to go and do that. Yeah. But you know, it's just, and he was their interim champ at FSW for a while, too. Like, he came yeah. in, I think, when Cross wasn't able to work and did, did some stuff for the company, and then they did the blow-off thing with the two of them. Um, anyway, let me move into some other news. We'll see what's up with, with TNA. And as far as I know, you know, the, the, that whole thing could be done because I believe there was some kind of Friday deadline to figure it out. Um, I don't know. I had heard rumors that some of the plane tickets for talent were getting canceled, and then they weren't. So 
Who knows? If there's a pay-per-view on Sunday, then you'll know. Or, or do they do this on Saturday? It's on it's on Sunday, but I, they have to have it in the bank by the end of business. I don't know, but that's just what I read on the internet. So yeah, really like, knows. like the pay-per-view people are either going to cancel it or run with it probably by today. So, I, bet, I bet they've been in this situation before and the show will go on just fine. All right, so I'm going to talk. Uh, Invicta. I don't know if you guys watched Invicta or not. You guys probably didn't because I don't think you got Fight Pass. But if you guys out there watched Invicta, it was another great card. Um, the two, the co-main and the main event were title fights um, that were highly entertaining. Um, I felt a, a little bad for Jin Yu Fry. Um, I don't know if you guys saw her fight or not, but she was winning the first round. And in the second round, um, she got hit in the eye by what's her name, Osaka or whatever, the Japanese girl, and and busted open immediately right along the side here. So it wasn't above the eye, it wasn't in the eye, it was on the side. Mm-hmm. Got busted open nice. It was a it was a it was a it was a good one. Like she's bleeding good, but she wasn't losing the fight. It wasn't bleeding into her eye. It wasn't yeah, splitting open more yet. It's on the side. And uh the ref immediately calls in the doctor. Like it was a weird. It wasn't even a break in the action. Like he stopped the action, and and Jen was like turning around to start throwing fists again, and the ref stopped the action. They call in the doctor, and out of nowhere, the fights just stopped. This is a goddamn title fight. It's for the belt for the 105 atomic weight title in Invicta, and the fight was just stopped. And it was stopped very strangely and slowly. And the cut didn't even look that bad. It wasn't bleeding down into her eye. They came and doctored it up. Um, and you know once the cut man comes in, because they, you're not allowed to doctor it during the round, um, they brought in the cut man. And that was when I was like, oh, my God, they've stopped it. The announcers didn't even know if it had been stopped yet or not. But yeah. the cut man was in there. This, man, this is what we call the fucking Kerry Von Eric Ric Flair finish right here. Yeah, like, just stop from blood or whatever. Like, it's fucking MMA. And I know, like, I know people have a hard time with it sometimes. They're, they're young women, um, you know, they're attractive young women, and you don't necessarily want to see them get hit in the face. But she's a fucking pro fighter. She signed up for it. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. Jen's The great. job description is getting it's hit. It's the, the job fuck. description. And I, I hope that she's livid. I hope that she's pissed. I hope she protests it. Um it was a bad stoppage, man. It was just a straight up bad stoppage. I don't like seeing that. Don't get me wrong. There's times to like, come on. You guys remember Robbie Lawler's whole, he looked like predator. Like his lip was split and he had like a triangle mouth by the time his fight was done. He kept fighting and with half his lip hanging off, cut a promo at the end of the fight. Like, Come on, people. Like, how many times have boxers gotten gashed open? Like, gloves tear. Like, they tear your face. You 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 don't stop the match because of a cut. You stop it because someone's bleeding over their eye and they can't see. Yeah. Or you ask them, like, can you continue or whatever. I saw nothing where Jin said that. I just thought it was unfortunate. And I honestly, I feel like it was a very sexist decision. I feel like because she's a pretty young lady, they stopped the fight because she got busted open. And the ref couldn't stomach it. It's like, well, man, maybe you shouldn't be a ref in mixed martial arts. There you, you go. Agree, Justin. There you, you know, go. I just think the whole thing was jacked up. So I'm going to move on. Um, and Roxanne Martifari uh, against Maya in the the other belt fight. Uh, Roxanne put up a good fight, but she just didn't quite have it in the later rounds. And uh, she did not win, even though it would have been cool to see the the happy warrior get a win. She didn't win. Um, going into uh, – 
I don't even know where to start. Did you guys watch this press conference? Please tell me you watched it or saw some I, of it. I was just seeing clips. That's it. That's cool. But they were good clips. Clips might be good enough. I mean, yeah. the, the whole show was a fucking hot take. Amazing. Um, so if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, uh, UFC 205 is going to be at Madison Square Garden. This is going to be the first um, legally sanctioned full MMA regular rules uh, fight from a major promotion in New York. UFC and a lot of people spent years, I mean years, we're talking about since early 2000s, trying to get MMA legalized in the state of New York. It was the last state in the entire union in most of the world. We have other countries begging to have the UFC come to them. And New York for years was like, no, no, we don't want that here. We don't want that here. And it was ridiculous. It was all politics, mobbed up bullshit, this, that, and the other thing. doesn't matter. Legalized now. This is supposed to be the first event. Um, so the card has been coming together super slow. I mean, this fight's in six weeks or something, November 12th. Yeah, like six weeks from today. Um, and the card still hadn't come together, and there was all this speculation going on. And at the 11th hour, they finally put together this card, and it's fucking ridiculous. This is the, the sickest card that I can remember in a long time. And honestly, other than maybe two fights, every single one of these fights could headline at least a Fox Sports 1 card. Like, the the... I'll tell you the two fights that couldn't headline a Fox Sports 1 card. I'll do that because it's easier than telling you all the ones that could. Lyman Good versus Bilal Muhammad couldn't headline an event. And uh, Liz, girl, she calls herself Gorilla. I call her Girl Uriah. <laughs> Liz Carmouche um, versus Caitlin Chikagan. Those two fights could not headline something. That's it. And those are both on the fight past prelims, I believe. So ridiculous card you're talking eddie alvarez versus conor mcgregor for the lightweight title tyron woodley versus uh steven wonderboy for the welterweight belt uh joanna and joanna champion versus carolina kowalkiewicz i think i said it right finally um for the strawweight title like the 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 polish power bout you've got chris weidman now who was instrumental in going out and lobbying to get MMA in New York versus Joel Romero. And that could get one of those guys back into the title shot. You've got Cowboy Cerrone versus Kelvin Gastelum um, at 170, which is good because these, these guys are going to throw down. Um, Khabib, Nurmagomedov, actually accepted a fight. He's going to fight Michael Johnson. And he was pissed that he didn't get the Alvarez fight, but he still took a fight, which is awesome. Misha Tate versus Raquel Pennington. Misha Tate, former champion. She's not even at the top of the card. She's on this thing. I'm betting she's going to be on Fox Sports 1. Then you got Frankie Edgar versus Jeremy Littleheaven Stevens. Um, good fight there. Tim Kennedy making his return to the octagon, the, the G.I. Joe himself, the action figure, versus Rashad Evans at 185 pounds. Rashad's coming down and wait this is a guy who fought on the ultimate fighter at heavyweight he's down all the way at 185 now then you got tim boach boach versus uh Rafael natal and jim miller versus tiago alves fucking sickest card in history um i don't even know like craziest card craziest card oh lucha green goes back i don't even know if you heard the uh -huh. whole card um i did it my internet shit the bed or something i don't even know what the fuck happened it was really good 
the card is crazy. So they line all these guys up on the stage this week. And of course it's going to be the Conor McGregor show. I'm thinking that Conor is going to take some shit because he's facing Eddie Alvarez, who's a Philly guy, but you know, Philly's closer to New York than Ireland, you know, and, and, and Eddie is definitely an East coast guy and would probably normally get a whole lot of love. No, no. Every Irish pub in New York City apparently let out directly into the Madison Square Garden ballroom where this event was being held because Connor was getting pops all the time. The first question to Connor was like, um, you know, UFC sold for $4.2 million. How much of that are you worth? And Connor's like, looks around, he's $4.2 million, <laughs> like, or billion dollars. Like, yeah, I'm worth all, that's me. I'm this whole fucking game. Um, and, the, and the, the whole thing just degenerated into awesomeness. Um, Connor says, like, he feels like this at 155 is the weight that he'll take over. And he predicts a first-round knockout of Eddie Alvarez. Eddie's telling him to be careful, like, be careful what you say. And Connor's like, what? What are you going to do? Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> he said, I run New York. This little guy, this, this Irish guy, he comes into Madison Square Garden, says, I run New York. I run this whole shit. And he gets a pop for it. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's going to lose. He's going to lose. It's okay. But who even cares? I mean, it's like, <laughs> think back to your favorite wrestling feuds of all time. Like, did you really care when the blow-off match happened? Or was it all about, you know, Rowdy Roddy Piper cutting that promo on Hogan? Like, I don't know. You want to ask me? You want me to start talking about Ultima Lucha Dose again? <laughs> well, <laughs> but think about it. If, you know, think about how awesome it would have been if Pentagon had cut like some huge, awesome promo right before it, too. You know what I mean? Like, True. And, and honestly, what made Ultima Lucha Dose good as a show was the promos and the stuff that came after his match anyway. And that's what this is. I mean, this might be better than watching the fucking fight. Like, people, go go to UFC.com and watch this press conference. It's It was ridiculous. Um, Iron, uh, Connor's telling them the Irish built this friggin' town, and now we're coming to claim what's ours, and that's a dream come true. The Irish love New York, and I'm honored to be here. And then he gets all humble, and I'm honored to be here. Like, <laughs> so fucking amazing. Um, I also tripped out that that Tyron Woodley got booed. Um, Wonder Boy, you know, kind of his second home is, is New York, but, you know, it was strange to see T Wood get booed. You know, he's recent champion and, you know, no one's got love for Robbie over him in New York city, but, and T Wood's been cutting great promos. He, I'm, I'm becoming a bigger, bigger fan of Tyron Woodley every day. Um, Helwani got a question in. The whole crowd popped as much for Ariel Helwani as they did for Connor almost, which mm-hmm. is amazing to see. I love to see that the, the journalist is getting over, especially after the troubles that he had, because that's going to, I think, solidify his position more over time. Um, then here was the biggest surprising thing, and I want to know what you guys think about this, because this was the news to me. Connor McGregor starts saying how stupid Eddie Alvarez is because Eddie took the fight with Connor without getting a bump in pay or renegotiating his contract. Ooh. And I got to say, Connor's right. If that's true, that is stupid. Like this guy's not in your weight class. 
He's calling you out. Khabib Nurmagomedov has already signed to fight you. Um, which, don't get me wrong. If I'm Eddie, I don't want to fight Khabib either. Fuck that. Go go with the money match first. But it wasn't even a money match for him. Yeah, he's not getting money. That's – oh, that is dumb. Because, okay, yeah, like I've got Eddie winning this fight. But if you're not getting paid for it, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like it – He's still going to have to fight Khabib eventually, you would think. Or, or El Kukui or one of these other guys, or Michael Johnson's looking vicious now after his last fight. Like he's, I mean, he's in a murderer's row at this point, but I can't, I can't even understand that. Like, did, did you not just see what Nate did? Right. Nate. Nate just changed his whole fucking life by fighting this guy. You're some bum from Philly who's worked his way up through Bellator and like been scra- scraping his way up the ranks here in UFC. You're the fucking champion now and can actually command a little bit of respect and you don't ask and for all the experience he has with getting fucked with contracts. I don't get yeah, it. Anyone should have people renegotiating his shit and keeping an eye on I don't know who his management is or what, but like, I can't, I just can't understand, you know, and he says, you know, his, his excuse is, Oh, Connor's the easiest fight for me in this division. Why would I bother to take more money? Blah, blah, blah. That's excuses. Like that's just ridiculous to me. And I know it's a huge card and UFC shelling out a bunch of money everywhere else. And they're UFC is always going to say at first, no, no, take what you're getting paid. Mm -hmm. And then, it's your responsibility as the champ. Maybe he really felt, maybe they were really playing hardball with him and they weren't going to give him the fight. And they were like, no, no, if you want more money, maybe we'll give you more money to fight Nurmagomedov, but not Connor. Like, if you want the Connor fight, you do it at your regular price. I don't know. But somehow it sounds like Eddie just got the fucking shaft here, which means, in my yeah. opinion, Connor's already won the fight. Because he's won financially. It's, fuck. Yeah, he's what is make so much more money even if he loses? What does Connor care? Connor said that he stands to make uh, you know forty, fifty million dollars this year. So forty or fifty million dollar year for him. He said at this press conference. It's so like is it, it been crossing six figures? Yeah, like. <laughs> I, I doubt it. I think if he's got a regular champions contract, maybe he gets eighty and uh, an eighty Sorry. of win bonus, and maybe he gets some pay per view points, but. Yeah, like overall, I don't think that Eddie would even break, you know, three or four hundred thousand for this fight, and Connor will probably walk away with like ten million dollars from this fight. <laughs> well, at this point, how much does it matter who Connor fights? Don't it they? I mean, doesn't. do they just need like a broomstick to stand in the octagon with him? I think there are certain fights that will make more money. Like I think him <laughs> fighting Eddie Alvarez um, on this card makes more money than if he fought Jose on a different card. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that the interest is high. Don't get me wrong. I still think you, you do Bafo numbers, but this, I believe that this card, if it stays intact this way, will be the biggest UFC. It will top uh, his last one. It'll top 200, 100, uh, 196. It'll top all of those, I think, very easily. Um, and I think you're, you're in a 2 million buy range with this pay-per-view if it stays intact. A, because it's New York. Mm-hmm. And right there, you have a huger level of interest from East Coasters alone. Um, then you put Connor on there and the T-Wood fight and the Joanna fight, the three championship belts, real fights, not interim titles. Um, and if they stay intact, those are big fights. You know, Wonder Boy is a star in the making. T-Wood's a star. Joanna Champion's clearly a star. 
And then you got all this other star power on the card. You got, you know, Weidman, who's a New Yorker. Then you got uh, Frankie, who's a Jersey guy, but he's, he's a surrogate New Yorker. Um, uh, I just think it's a huge card. It's just, it's, it's huge. It's amazing. Um, then now there's repercussions to some of the stuff. And the, the other stuff that Connor said was great. You know, somebody asked him, um, the, the best part was the ending to the whole thing. Somebody asked Connor, like, who, who of these guys up on the stage, these champions, these, these tough guys up here, who do you think could beat you? Jeremy Little Heathen Stevens pipes up and says that I'm the guy that would give him the hardest time and starts talking all this shit on how he's the guy that would beat Connor up because he doesn't just TKO people. He knocks him out. Connor just looks back and he's like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> That's it. He just totally no sold him. And then to add insult to injury, he no sells everyone else too. He doesn't then say, Oh, Jose or maybe cowboy or anything like that. He says, no, these guys got nothing for me. So I might have to, uh, I might have to, wake Floyd Mayweather up out of bed and make some real money, you know? And the face-off was great, too, you know? Like, Eddie starts calling Connor's belt the toy belt, the little kid belt, which is funny because it's the 145-pound belt. Um, but Eddie, I'm going to say this. Uh, Casey, I know you're thinking Eddie's going to win. This press conference, I feel like Eddie was shook. You should go and watch this thing because it might change your mind. Like, and if you see Connor standing next to him, Connor's actually larger. Huh. He actually is. Because, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking Connor is a 145 or whatever, but Connor is bigger than Eddie. Um, and I didn't imagine that. I thought Eddie was bigger than him. They stand side by side, and I was just like, damn, I'm going to have to really look at this fight to see what I think. Because if Connor can get his boxing off and can keep Eddie from laying on him and doing the wrestler thing, Connor's got a great shot in this fight. I just got to say that last week's guest, Eric Van Wagner, producer of Lucha Underground, picked uh, Eddie Alvarez, and uh, so so we're both. In I was in, I was. I agreed with him last week. I'm telling you, this press conference it really uh, uh, shit. It really changed my mind. You should go. You should watch it, especially the yeah. end with the face off. And it's just like, damn. I don't know. Eddie looks a little bit shook. Eddie's responses were a little bit off. He didn't seem all that confident. You know, and and. Say what you will. Press conferences can get in people's heads, man. And it's one of the things that Connor does well. And if he can get in Eddie's head, that's a big part of the game. Then the weight cut is the next big part of it. And seeing how guys show up to the weight cut. Like, I don't ever place a bet or, or really lock in my picks for a fight until the weight cut. There's been times where you've heard me say stuff on this show, and then I'll see the, the weigh-ins, and I'll go and change it. Now, it's getting a little tricky because they do the weigh-ins earlier in the day, the real weigh-in, and then they give us this fake weigh-in later. But even seeing how the guys, after they're rehydrated, how they've rebounded, and if a guy is not cutting weight and they face off and he's still shook, I'm telling you, man, there's something to it. There, there's something in this sport where gumption – gets you just as far as technique sometimes where the willpower and the mindset and the proper mental preparedness can really take you just as far as, you know, having a jujitsu black belt. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have that also, but once you get to a level where two guys have that professional level skill to be in the UFC, if one guy's head is screwed on a little bit tighter than the other guys, that can really give you the advantage. So we'll see. I mean, I feel like, 
And, and as rich as Connor's gotten, he still goes out there and bangs. Like, he doesn't need the money anymore. Mm-hmm. You expect that to be a guy who starts to phone it in, but he still yeah. went out there and fought his ass off with Mendez, and, and he fought his ass off with Nate both times, and I, I don't know. We'll see. He's, a pride, he's a prideful man. He's too prideful to do shit like that, too, though, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know you're getting your money's worth because if you, the second he goes out there and you don't, it's when his earning potential goes away. Yeah, for sure. Um, this weekend, there's also a UFC. It's on later, I think, because they're holding it in Oregon, I think, Portland or something. But it's uh, um, there's not a whole lot of fights I'll talk about because most people probably don't know them. The uh, Let's see. What do we got? Um. The prelims, the uh, the FS2 prelims look for the uh, Hakran Diaz versus Andre Touchy Feely. That fight will probably be fireworks. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Feely, but I think that number 12 ranked uh, Hakran is going to grind it out on on Feely in the third round and probably win a decision. Um, <sighs> this one's a trip. On the fight pass prelims, the headliner of the fight pass prelims is Nate the Great Marquardt. Wow. fighting what um which is crazy to me for one more shot you know kind of at 185 i don't even think i know who he's fighting but oh he's fighting the dude with it looks like a normal sized person with a midget head uh uh the barn cat tam dan mccrory oh tam dan mccrory yeah which yeah he uh looks like a midget now, I, in the past, I would have picked Nate hands down, but Nate's Nate might be getting to the point where he's he's past it. So I don't know. He needs a big win here to claw his way back into the rankings. I'll pick him just for shits and giggles, but um, we'll see. Then uh, let's see. I said the Diaz touchy feely fight. I think the next one that I'm interested in is probably Lewis Smolka versus Brandon Moreno. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Smolka gets this one by submission. I think he'll he'll slide in one of his crafty submissions. These are little guys too. These guys are not going to knock each other out, but they'll throw leather for a while, and then I think when it ends up on the ground, Lewis Smolka gets the fight, uh, gets the win with a submission. He's just got they've they've got both got the same amount of fights, I think, too. But Smolka's faced like way harder guys in the past, and I think he can pull it out. Let's see. Then you got what Josh Berkman versus Zach Otto. Um, you know, Otto is is, is, is he's a last minute replacement. I don't remember who was supposed to be in this fight, or Bobby Green or somebody, or I don't even remember. But uh, I'm going to pick Zach Otto in this, this fight, believe it or not, over Josh Berkman. Josh Berkman's a solid journeyman, but he's got miles on him now. He's like 29 and 13. And I think the fresher, younger guy uh, with some excitement and some focus can take him. That's just me. You think I'm crazy on that one, Case? I don't know, man. I, I'm not going to uh, – certain fights that I don't think I, I know enough about – I'm not going to give anyone any advice because I think people might have bet um, against Cyborg last week because of what I said. (laughs) Uh, You know, still, we did say it was a gamble, and you told people not to listen to me. It's not my fault. Yeah, but, dude, if they had one, and and honestly, it wasn't a bad fight. They could have put up more of a fight than I thought she would. Um, She lasted two rounds, hey. You know? But at the same time, like, dude, if you had won that bet, you'd have been paid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you would have got, um, yeah, you would have got uh, $1,200 for every $100 you bet. That was, that's good money. That's a big, big margin. Um, oh, Ill Will Brooks is on this card. Um, 
former Bellator star, and he's been working his way up at UFC, and he's facing off against Alex, the other cowboy, Oliveira, and I think this is the perfect test for Will Brooks. You know, he's going to have to put everything together to get the win over Oliveira, who is is really well-rounded. He's good everywhere. Uh, he is – Oliveira is a UFC fighter. And for Will Brooks, this is a test of, like, can you go in and beat just a standard UFC fighter that's got some wins, got a couple losses here and there, but is a tough, real, professional, hard fighter that can take it to you anywhere in the octagon. So – um, I think Will does win this fight. This is a perfect co-main event for a Fox Sports 1 type card to me of two guys who, who really have something to gain. Um, I think, of course, Will, I think, has more to gain than Oliveira here. But this is a good test for him. This is like the real deal. And then, of course, the headliner. My boy, John Dodson versus John Lineker. These guys, if you don't know are two of the hardest-hitting guys out there, and they're little. Yeah. These are tiny people, and they have knockouts. Like, usually in this division, these divisions, you know, they were both fighting at 125 for a while. Um, you don't see knockouts. Now, this fight would have happened a long time ago, but Lineker had a little trouble making 125, and by a little trouble, I mean he missed that shit like three times. <laughs> Um, and they fo- basically forced him to go up to 135 if he wanted to stick around. So this fight uh, was, I think, going to happen a couple times at 125. Now we're seeing it at 135. Um, Dodson is moving up. He, he had two cracks at DJ and just couldn't solve the puzzle of DJ, even though he's probably equally as good. Um, but I love this fight. And don't forget, Dodson spent time at 135. He beat TJ Dillashaw to become the ultimate fighter. And that was an 135-pound fight at a UFC. Um, you know, so he's no, no stranger to it. And mm-hmm. Mayhem Miller, by the way, was his coach on that season. Because uh, it seems like Mayhem seems to be a reoccurring theme on this show. Because um, ah, he's so fucking great. He makes news wherever he goes. Yeah, that was him and Bisping. Like, Chael Sonnen was in his very unreliable phase back then. And it was supposed to be Sonnen versus Bisping as the coaches. Yeah. And then uh, Miller started twi- Twitter beef with all of them and said, you know, Sonnen's not going to show up. And when he doesn't show up, call me. And sure enough, they did. He ended up being announced as the coach when uh, I think Sonnen wanted to go and do other media stuff. Nice. Anyway, I think Dodson is going to get um, a TKO in the third round. I think Lineker is looking a little bit muscular to me right now, and I think he's going to gas. And I think uh, Dodson's going to take it to him in the third round, get a TKO, maybe ground and pound style TKO. We'll see. Well, both these guys are badass. This is going to be a fucking war probably. I mean, this is going to be a fun fight to watch. Yeah, and, and I th- on free television for all of us. To see. I think that's, that's the thing. It is going to be fun. And I think these guys are both going to swing for the fences, especially in the second round. I think they're going to feel each other out in the first round. In the second round, I think they're going to swing hard, kind of like some of that shit you saw Connor doing in the first Nate fight. I mm-hmm. think Lineker is going to do that, and I, um, I hope he's not listening because then he, maybe he won't. But uh, then I think he's going to gas himself out. I think he's going to punch himself out. I, um, do, I do know that um, Lineker is a big Lucha Underground fan and hates Sexy Star, so he probably is listening right uh, now. Wait, that means I got to do this again, you son of a bitch. Hey, Byron. What? Hi. What did you think of WWE this week? I didn't, I didn't watch, watch SmackDown, by the way. Oh, you didn't watch this week? What did you think of the pay-per-view then? 
Uh, I watched okay. most of the pay-per-view, and then a Roman Reigns match came on, and I fell asleep. I'm like, I'm going to rest my eyes the rest of this match, and then I just fucking donked out and didn't even see the main event. Are you are you the one that he was asking for his opinion? No, but I'm the one that the listeners were asking for. Yeah, Casey was live-tweeting the shit out of that. that, uh, that I missed I the very beginning. I have stuff to do on Sundays. Dude, the beginning was the best part. You got to see Nia Jax fucking murder Alicia Fox in her ratchet-ass wig. Oh, God. I, wa- I went back and watched that one. That was awesome. That's the kind of squash oh, match. Oh, I did watch made. the show. I just remembered. Uh, I-, I think overall WWE pay-per-views are improving because uh, there's less matches to just skip by default. Although, once you get like a minute or two into a match, you still want to skip them. Um, but overall... Um, I don't watch any. I don't watch anything Monday or Tuesday, and I feel very happy with my life choices. Yeah, well, uh, I have a feeling this Raw, if it hasn't already been announced as the lowest rated Raw in history, it will be. It was against the pre- presidential debates. Yeah, did like an eighty share or some shit. So come on, I have to admit I watched down. the debates. It was. Uh, yeah. I ended up watching Raw on Hulu, but um, the debates, man, those were some of the best promos cut all year in wrestling. Yeah, well, you know. What do you uh, think about them putting the U.S. title on Reigns, though? I don't give a shit. Really? I mean, Rusev, what do you do with Rusev now? Rusev uh, doesn't need a belt. He's the man. Yeah, so Rusev, Rusev that's what happens. Everyone uh, knows Rusev is better than Roman Reigns in every aspect of life. His wife is probably even hotter, you know? So R- Roman Reigns can keep a belt. And he can cry, and no one can like him, and whatever. Rusev will always be the true champion of Raw. Yeah, he's the U.S. champion in all of our hearts. That's still Harley Race to me. I'm sorry. Uh, mine is uh, uh, Nikita Koloff. I like Nikita Koloff. Uh, he was better. Oh, I love Nikita that. Koloff. I remember yeah. I was a kid. At some, like, store, some, I don't know what it was, but they had magazines there, and I think it was P- PWI or some some shit, some dirt sheet, and I remember looking through it and seeing uh, during the uh, his feud with Vader, I saw, and I was, like, big into this, watching it on, like, Saturday night, and I saw them reporting with a picture that Vader won uh, their latest fight after punching Nikita Koloff and the dick and then rolling him up for a pin, and I felt so bad for him. Like, come on! That's not fair. Vader is an asshole. Wasn't Big Papa Pump the U.S. champ for a long time when they had nothing else for him? He was yeah. Bullshit, bullshit. I mean, that kind of became the bullshit belt for a while, but, like, I don't know, like, Luger, when I was a kid, Luger seemed like he was U.S. champ for fucking ever. Ever, for a long time. Like, he held it for, like, two years or some shit, right? Yeah, and it's like, you know, okay... Most of the matches he had sucked, but I swear to God, Wrestle War 91, he had a match with Dan Spivey that I think even Meltzer gave it like four and a half stars or some shit. And you're like, seriously, fucking Dan Spivey and fucking Lex Luger, two guys that you think are going to have a shitty match. It was one of the best fucking matches I've ever seen. It just all clicked. Um, but that was like one of the greatest wrestling cards of all time. Uh, if you guys watching have not seen Wrestle War 91, check it out. That sounds like something to do. I'm going to try to watch the rest of Mr. Robot today. I think Byron's probably going to do the same. So yeah, I'm, I'm changing well. the shit out of the rest. Well, that's of what I'm game. saying. I want to watch Luke Cage 
So I got to finish Mr. Robot. I'll be so lost if I try to do them both at the same time. And I haven't watched any of the new American Horror Story, and it feels so mm-hmm. out of place. But I'm, I'm still really stoked from the Emmys this year, where Orphan Black, a show that I love, uh, Tatiana Maslany won an Emmy for that. Fucking Rami Malek won yeah. Mr. Robot. Um, Sherlock won an award, and I thought that, that was a really good – like they only did one episode this year, and I thought that yeah. that was really good. Like shit that I actually watched for the first time in years. And Game of Thrones won a ton of shit. Like mm-hmm. shit that I actually watched won Emmys. It makes me feel like Lucha Underground could get an Emmy now. Am I wrong? Yeah. They should be nominated at the very least. Uh, the new stuff they're doing in season three visually should they should really get some kind of cinematography, some sort of. Uh, there should be a sports entertainment a sports entertainment category where you throw in you know. Um, a couple of things. It doesn't even, I don't even know if it would need to just be wrestling, but you could throw in a sports entertainment category, like put dancing with the stars in there. I don't care. Fucking Ninja warrior or something. Yeah. Like American Ninja warrior, some of the wrestling shows or whatever. There should be a sports entertainment category for an Emmy. I think, I mean, WWE would probably run away with it, but maybe Lucha would have a chance. You never know. Jeez. Come on, Justin. Come on. There's- yeah, but, but people vote for stuff they know. You know what I mean? That's, that just happened. Well, maybe not with the Emmys this year. I didn't think Orphan Black had a fucking chance. And that girl plays eight or nine different parts in that show. And I swear to God, when you're watching it, you forget it's the same actress. Right, right. And it's, it's crazy because I'm thinking with the Emmys that all of the old people that used to vote old people ways are dead. And that's why like good shows are getting nominated now, like legit. Maybe. I mean, and I, maybe I have too much of an Academy Awards hangover because the, it's so old and so white at the Academy Awards that I can't even stand to watch it. Um, and I was just shocked by the Emmys this year that like the nominations were good. The shows were good. Like I watched that whole OJ thing too. And the OJ thing won a bunch of awards. And I think those people deserved it. I thought it was a great award show. Anyway, I'm talking about shit that doesn't even matter anymore. You guys got anything else to talk about? Wrestling, Lucha Underground, uh, fighting? Um, WWE 2K17 looks dope. There's a lot of videos out. Um, just uh, be friends with me on PS4. Turn your career invasion on so I can fuck you up in your game. It's Lucha Gringo on there too. Uh, if you I'm need Lucha Gringo on the PS4. Yeah, I'm Lucha Gringo on the PS4. Virus on the PS4 over here is available if you need a squash match jobber to just fucking destroy and steamroll like Alicia Fox. What I like to do is I like to set the uh, the game on easy, and yeah. then I like to just spend a half hour power driving someone outside the ring, and it makes me feel better about my day. I like to play on Legend because I'm a real man. Damn. It's like that. Well, I still have an Xbox 360, and I can't even play the new fucking XCOM game, and I am the biggest XCOM mark in the world, which is really, really sad. I'm like the only person that even cares that the new version of that game's out, and um, I'm not playing it. So, I'm, if it hey. makes you feel better, the reviews have been kind of eh. Right, but, but I'm, I'm, I wouldn't care. I'm the only person that's going to actually like it anyway. They made the game for me, and I'm not even playing it because I don't have a next-gen system. God, the old one was so fucking dope. Oh, shit. Original XCOM was amazing. Oh, my God. I mean, I love the original PlayStation version. I love the new version that they came out with for xbox 360 i even played both the pc only platforms i played xcom yeah. 2 where it was underwater yeah i'm just a huge xcom mark i'm sad it's sorry it's like i like those turn-based conflict games yeah. i just like them i'm stupid um all right guys well 
That's all the time we have for today. Actually, we could we could do this for hours. Everyone knows that. Josh Pillow is really really angry if he's listening. Oh, I have to some Josh Pillow stuff that I think what? is very fitting to to bring in. Um, all right, we'll close no. with the Josh Pillow stuff. What did Josh Pillow do? Did he so, not listen to the show because it's too long? We're really gonna at like hour three drop the Josh Pillow stuff. He's gonna fucking murder us. Well, That's uh, fucking amazing. Let's I, do I, it. I've been this is great. Let's for go it. for it. This uh, is totally I, unintentional. Josh is gonna be so mad. Let's do it, Byron. What do you got for us from Josh? So, uh, Josh Pillow uh, was at the Crash Show, uh, I believe that's what it was called. Hey, do you want me to read his notes as Stone Cold? I think, like, he deserves it. Uh, Well, I mean... Oh, hell yeah. No. (laughs) Uh, So, he said he was at the show. He said it was really awesome. Uh, Just overall, he said... Uh, he's telling everyone, you know, all of us like Los Angeles Lucha Underground fans who are getting introduced to Lucha Libre through the show. Uh, and he's saying, you got to go to TJ for a Lucha show. It's so much fun. And he says, more importantly, it's also safe. All the shit you hear about it being dangerous uh, is just that, uh, just talking shit. And then he said, front row tickets only $35 or in that, that general area, which is awesome. He said it was great to see Mac Cobb Phoenix wrestling in another country. Uh, they always put on a good show. Uh, the show was billed as CML L versus the Crash, uh, but it was heavy with AAA guys, which kind of made the booking of the finishes a little weird. Um, but uh, this crowd that he was, where the show he was at, the crowd was a little more rowdy. He said, "Think NWO beers being thrown in the ring, angry." Uh, so that's that's just a waste of fucking beer, Byron. <laughs> I didn't do it. Um, and so, I mean, he could go on and on and on, but he actually has a shoot job right now. Uh, so he can't actually podcast with us at uh, in the middle of a day on a work day. But uh, he said it was really cool. Uh, the matches were a little short, but uh, the announcement and Phoenix coming out with the new mask and outfit was really cool. It was a solid match. He didn't like the double countout finish. Uh, where um, Phoenix Dorado did a suplex off the apron onto the floor. Uh, I don't think anyone really liked it, but it was brutal. There's no padding, um, and they wanted to keep fighting. But it—I mean, basically—that's the finish you have to do because yeah, it's two promotions fighting against each other. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's cool. I mean, you want to see the guys do their spots, but yeah, I think that. And I do want to say Phoenix did a promo saying, "I'm done with AAA." Yeah, he's done. He's an independent wrestler. So this is the yeah. but the big deal about this show, more than anything, is it's the birth of Ray Phoenix, the independent wrestler, who's right and out of San Diego. was not done with AAA, and it was a work or something. CML would have pulled CMLL would have pulled all their guys off of the show because yeah. they've done that in the past. So that is proof that Phoenix is gone. If you don't believe Phoenix, but fucking believe Phoenix, dude. Phoenix is the shit. Come on. No, no. This has been. Uh, this has been. This is the official birth or rebirth of, of Ray Phoenix now. Um, I think him and a bunch of other guys uh, that, you know, part of Conan's sort of Luchador crew, they go through, uh, they work with Mass Republic and Lucha Shop, mm-hmm. so they can actually have an avenue to sell their merch. That isn't, like, out, out of their the back of their truck. It's hard to sell to buy a shirt for a Luchador. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, that at the end of the day is the real question because it's like, you know, I've heard Lucha Underground contracts aren't, terrible but they're not something that's going to feed you all year round so you got to have another gig and if his yeah. gig's not triple a <clears> and you know, know. 
intellectual property. Like you can't sell your Lucha Underground gimmick uh, at Mass Republic, but Lucha Underground doesn't really have a good merchandising option on their own. So this is great. Right, which we talked to Eric about last week. Yeah. If you haven't listened to our interview, go back and listen to it because I personally, that has been my biggest complaint with Lucha Underground, and we told Eric that flat out of like, yeah. hey, what's up with merch? He's the showrunner, and literally, that's his job. He runs mostly the show, so he's kind of powerless to affect some of that stuff. Um, but hopefully, but he knows. Know he fucking knew. He knew where we were going before we even said it, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, like this- I'm sure all he hears is what the fucks up with the merchandise. Like, yeah. I love Lucha Underground. I love the show. That new Pentagon Dark shirt fucking sucks, man. Oh, the one that's up on Pro Wrestling Tees. Yeah, not their finest. Uh, not their the finest. The one, the one they released at the last tapings was cool. Yeah, but the, one the, I got the, the most recent day. one they just put out super lazy. I uh, gotta say, I look forward to seeing Pentagon and Crash soon. Uh, I hope <laughs> that happens, uh, and I think it's the right move career-wise if he does it. Yeah, we'll I don't see. Know. I think Phoenix. I think Phoenix is really. Uh, I don't know what happened, but he's going through the door first. Um, I don't know if. Pentagon. I don't know how soon he's going to go through that door. We've heard but, we've heard tale the Pentagon is happy at AAA right now, and that yeah. there's no problems. And that you know our speculation a couple of weeks ago that he might be having beef too is not necessarily founded because that gig in England was booked a long time ago. Yeah, and because of Alberto, AAA just booked that show that weekend. And Pentagon's unavailable, but Pentagon. Um, from what I'm hearing, has no beef with AAA. But eventually, when he keeps getting more and more respect from everywhere else, you would just come to the conclusion that he might want to make a decision reflecting that. But we'll see. But uh, it's re- I think the Phoenix thing is really cool because he still keeps a little bit of his established brand, but he's just new enough. Now he can sell shirts, and you can buy his his first uh, round of the Phoenix mask because yep. they all do different colors all the time. Go to mask. And it's Republic. a cool mask too. It's a cool mask. Uh, it's his is name that is mass Republic. Uh, yeah. Mass Republic. They just shop, buy the shirts and mask, support them. Um, Use I mean, code uh, LR heels to support our buddies. The last real heels. When you check yeah. out, we don't have our own code. And uh, it's, it's really awesome. Uh, Phoenix Ray Phoenix is, you know, just really one of the top, up and coming luchadors and he shouldn't be up and coming anymore. Um, so it's, it's, it's damn triple crown winner. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, but, but if, Ray uh, Phoenix so, was still booking triple a, he would be a lot bigger name in Mexico than he is right now. And so would Pentagon, even though his yeah. Conan tried to put the belt, the main belt, not the secondary belt, the Pentagon won that I kind of made more of a big deal about just because Pentagon was holding it than the belt. actually. Yeah, but see what we need, we need Conan to be a lot richer. That's what we need. Conan needs to have a lot more money because he's got very strong opinions and anybody in the wrestling business who has very strong opinions, eventually you're going to rub the wrong person the wrong way one time. And that's really all it takes. And then now you got poor Conan. He's got this awesome show, this awesome podcast, but it's like, damn it. I don't want Conan to have an awesome podcast. I want him to be booking somewhere. I really do. We need another promo Azteca situation, but with a better ending for Conan. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Anyway, oh, and speaking of shirts and Last Real Heels, go to uh, the Pro Wrestling Tees Last Real Heels store 
and get your uh, Vinny Massaro shirts, who was our guest today. And I literally, before I even knew Vinny was going to be on today, I woke up and put this shirt on. I'm sure Byron was a mark and put his on afterwards. Byron, was, the belt's blocking the shirt, dude. I was sleeping in it. That's what you do? That's how you respect the Massaro shirt? You're a what, a what a coincidence. He probably uh, took a dump in it too, Vinny. I yeah. think it's important also to bring up that the Ray Phoenix name is, uh, is sort of a tribute to Ray Mysterio, who uh, Phoenix, Ray Phoenix looks up to greatly. I think that's just the last thing. Yeah, that's fucking cool. Well, I wish him all the best too, and I hope that it doesn't cause any issues with Lucha Underground, as we've said before. Um, cause that would be tragic if for some reason his fallout with AAA had any repercussions of his working in, uh, Lucha Underground. We even talked with Eric Van Wagen about this last week. These are the things that scare the crap out of us as fans. Cause these guys have agreements and stuff other places. And I don't know where the, where it crosses the line with the guys who are bringing in gimmicks from the outside or AAA gimmicks or whatnot. We'll see. Only time will tell. I mean, season three was already shot. We all know that. So season three is intact. But for season four, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how Ray Phoenix shows up at the temple. And I don't think we'll have that answer until January or February. Uh, hey, you know what? I think that if there are rumored uh, Lucha Underground shows elsewhere next month like uh, a lot of people have been reporting and none of us really know anything about this no we didn't ask you dub about it either but i i believe that they're going to try to do austin and i think maybe hammerstein ballroom in new york we'll I see i think it says a lot of phoenix shows up on those shows i think that, he will i think he'll yeah. be there. i think that's an indication of how things are going to go though if he's on those we'll see yeah all right guys I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go and eat some food off camera since I... Yeah, me too. I'm hungry, dude. I got like a hungry man waiting for me in the freezer and shit. I bet you Real food. What are you going to eat, Byron? Some kelp? Some kale? Some. I'm going to have some chicken and waffles, son. What are you having, Byron? I'm going to eat some um, jam-packed salmon lunch. Sounds like he's going to have some vegan raisins. Why do you still salmon? think I'm vegan? Wait, did you say salmon? salmon. No, he said semen. He salmon. said semen. It's pronounced salmon. It's pronounced, it's pronounced all the letters in a word. It's packed with protein. Oh, I'm sure he likes to have his protein packed. Oh, he does. <laughs> what does that even mean? What, what is that supposed to mean? Bend over and we'll show you. It, what? It means until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. 